All right, Justin. Sing me a song that, uh, I don't fucking know. Sing me a song by a band that sings like a bunch of songs that sound the fucking same. I don't even know. I don't even know. I should have played the game. I don't even fucking know anymore. We're going back to this just for this episode. Just back to the original game. Sing me a song that by a band that sings a bunch of fucking songs. And you're like, hey, they sing, you know, the song. I don't even know. Uh, the only example that I could think of that um, immediately comes to mind is just when Alien Headform did the, um, you know, when they were like, when they did the whole Michael Jackson, um, you know, which one did they do? Smooth Criminal by Alien Headform? Smooth Criminal. Yeah. 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 I didn't even mean for that to be. You were snuck by a smooth criminal. Eddie, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Eddie? I can't sound like them, but you get the idea. You know, I didn't even mean for it to be, like, interpreted as cover songs or whatever. But you know what? Fuck it, Justin. You get a point. Woohoo! Uh, Heather, you. Same question. Go. <laughs> you sound so thrilled about this question. Um, oh, I'm going to be one big bundle of fucking cheer for this episode. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not sure this is going to count, but I'm, I would just say what came to mind with your description was, uh, the band Imagine Dragons. Um, I like their music, but all of their songs sound almost exactly the same to me. Um, <laughs> And I'm not even going to sing just one of them because they are, they're all kind of in my head as the same song. But you, you have to give me just something. an example. Yeah, you have, to, huh? no, you have to give me something. You have to sing a lyric or something. You have to sing the song. No, I don't know. I, I can't even because I, I can't even think of one specific one. I just know like the sound of their songs is all, all right, the same. Sing the sound of a song. You got no, to sing something. All right. Heather loses a point. <laughs> I was actually down for what you were saying because that I fit more of the criteria in my head. But then you refused to sing the song. A song, okay. a drum part, anything. And Man, you know what like... else would have worked for that? Disturbed. A lot of their songs. Justin gets three points. Three he additional points. Anything. No, he does because he said the fucking word, though. Because right, if I go, hey, Justin, sing me some Disturbed right now. Heaven of his eleven of a defunct fun soul, but a foot of five to five at a but a took a tie, but a defunct fun soul, but a five for tie. We're five feet to five. See, I that's why Justin got the points when I, he got the bonus points because I knew he would just sing some disturbed. I mean, I wasn't afraid that he wouldn't sing it, but he he hit that's. When essentially when I asked the question, that was it. All right. Can I still sing? Yes. <laughs> I, the, I was trying to think of lyrics of one of them. And it's the welcome to the new age, to the new age. Whoa. See, that works. It'd be, you could have like, a, and that's why I was trying to get you to sing anything because you could have done like Jastin. Jastin <laughs> just did every disturbed song ever and didn't say a fucking word. Yeah. <laughs> you know. 
But that's fair. Okay, Heather. You get your point back. Thanks. Will that work? Yeah, I'll take it. See. Uh oh, I think we lost Heather. Uh oh. Yeah, her I'm still here. screen is I just see a triangle with the information point. Yeah. You can hear me? I'm trying to just hang up her and call her back. But it's not letting me do that. I'm here. Anyway. But yes, Justin, that was, that is what I was going for when I said all this. As Heather's getting back on, like, I just remember um, back when they were just like super popular and some people did a video and it was like those infomercials kind of where you could order the Disturbed soundtrack, but all they did was just do, but they just sang gibberish. And they were like lookalike guys. And it was nothing but gibberish. It was like album, you know, get the greatest album disturbed. And it was like song number one, Fofo Shy, <laughs> Simple Shy, number two, Vizen, 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 Vizen. And then the next one was just, and then the whole time he was singing, he wasn't saying anything, but the sounds that he was making, and he sounded just like the guy. And it was so hilarious because. It was just them kind of saying all of it sounds the same. It doesn't matter what they're saying. It's the same. <laughs> it was a hilarious little uh, video. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and that's insanely accurate because, like, when Disturbed first came out, I was like, you know what? Like, this is great. And then their second album came out and they released their, their, their first single on it. And that was uh, uh, the, the, the song Believer. Or something like that or believe or something and I was just like why the fuck does that have the same rhythm and cadence and everything <laughs> that their entire fucking first album came out and then their third yeah. album came out and I was like oh it's all the same song So I, I just, I never understood like why they, uh, they, they, they still had a fan base, you know what I mean? Like pop music, you tend to be a little bit more forgiving of some of that stuff, Mm. but like that was never supposed to be the thing in metal. You know what I mean? And not to, to get me wrong, like. Any genre can be repetitive. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Come on. Cinema Slayer. 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 
Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the movie Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Or is it Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness? I don't know, it's one of those two. We'll just call it Multiverse of Madness or Mom. We'll call it Mom. If you really want to shorthand it, just cut, like I said. Mom. It is Doctor Strange. That was on purpose now. <laughs> <laughs> the M O M, you know? Maybe it is given everything that happens, but anyway. It's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, just FYI. So there's no Doctor Strange two. Got it. So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh we will go spoiler free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section. With time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. Saying all that, going spoiler free. Let's go Heather first because, you know, Jastin's going to have his Marvel stuff to say. So, Heather. I don't know why I didn't mean it to sound as disgruntled as that. Yeah, that just sounded like, eh, he's just going to say a bunch of stuff and I don't hear it, but. So, Heather, you go first so I can gear myself up to hear his diatribe. (laughs) I meant it more in the regards of, in Marvel movies especially, you tend to have more to say. That's all. Yeah, that's That's, true. That's what I meant by it. You have more to say. So, let's let Heather just get her little part out of the way so we can spend half an hour for Justin to go. (laughs) Now I'm offended. Let's just get her part out of the way. Yeah, her little part. <laughs> well, I mean so that condescended tonight. Golly, I, I wonder if he liked this movie. <laughs> That's a fair assessment, Justin, of why I'm in the mood I'm in. Okay, that, let's, that does let me, make sense. Let's just break it down a little better. <laughs> just so we don't end up forgetting Heather like we've done before or I've done before, specifically me. Because Justin will end up saying something that will get me fired up about something. I don't. I want to make sure that Heather gets a chance to say her piece before any potential conflicts that could distract me and where she would get missed, like on the Northmen. Because you made wild claims about Nicole Kidman. So I just want to make it, I want to make sure <laughs> Heather gets a fair chance before you maybe make me diatribe something. It'd be funny if after all that, I was just like, it was, it was fine. And that was it all I had to say. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. All right, Justin, you go now. That's all I had to say. Um, but yes, I, Heather, spoiler yeah. free. I, I don't know yeah. if I officially said it. So Heather, spoiler free, go. Yeah, I, I did like this movie. I think it was, it was a little different for a Marvel movie as far as like elements of it and, um, you know, storytelling aspects of it. I mean, maybe not storytelling aspects, but um, it was just slightly different. It was, it was a little bit more, um, they, they took a little bit more liberties with this as far as like the genre that they were going with for this film specifically. But I think it worked um, for the most part. I think it worked pretty well. Um, I think it, um, it had some really good characters. I mean, we get, of course, we get Wanda back. You know, we have Doctor Strange. We have a new character that's introduced, um, America. 
you know, we we have some good characters in this, um, some returning characters in this. And um, yeah, I think it's it, it's good. And I also like that the I, I think the pacing of it was pretty well done because Marvel movies, as good as they are, they do tend to be on the longer side. Um, this was actually one of the shorter ones. I think it was only a little over two hours. But, um, you know, I, I think they paced it well. Um, I, I like some of the scenes specifically that they did um, that were just really well shot and like really cool things that they brought to it as far as the, um, I guess, some of the, like the fight scenes or the battle scenes and things like that. And, um, you know, they they brought in some new cool things that I didn't see coming. And um, yeah, it was it was very Marvel-esque in its, you know, action and like intriguing enough to be like, what's going to happen? What's next? You know? Um, yeah, I think it was good. I, I think it was a lot of fun. And um, it, it's definitely one that I think is it's I think it's one of the more rewatchable of the Marvel films. Um, it's not by any means like my favorite and the best necessarily, but it's very rewatchable. I think it's it's one of those that, you know, if it's on, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to turn it off. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I've seen this a million times and I'm tired of it. Like, I think I would be able to watch it. And, you know, it, it's more rewatchable, in my opinion, I think, just because of how they do this movie specifically. Um, yeah, I think that Elizabeth Olsen is phenomenal as Wanda, as always. I think she does a great job with what, you know, she's supposed to be doing in this movie um benedict cumberbatch is obviously really great so i i like the um kind of the character like the things that are going on with the specific characters in this one um kind of the things that they're learning throughout what's happening in the in the film things like that yeah it's i mean it's pretty standard marvel like it has all the elements that marvel brings you know it has the funny it has the action it has the beautiful scenes it has the life lesson it has you know the surprises it has all the things that you want from a marvel movie um yeah it's and and it just brings a little bit more of a different more i guess creepy element i would say to a marvel movie than we've seen before um yeah it was good i think it was it was um it was a fun one for the fact that it did veer a little bit thematically than what we've seen before Okay, Justin. Are you ready for this? No. Okay. Anyway, um, well, um, I think um, I'm in agreement with Heather on that. I like this movie too. I thought it was a good Marvel entry. Uh, I, I didn't think that it was a. It's it's one of the greats. You know, I mean, it, it's not up there in the top tier like Spider Man, but it No Way Home is. But it was. But it was pretty good. And especially coming off of Morbius, which I think is the last comic book movie that we watched. Man, I needed this. Man, I needed something that was creative and actually had a style and felt like the people involved cared and actually had good character arcs and introduced me to new characters and it wasn't just lame as all hell. So, so man, I needed this after coming off of that bad taste that was Morbius. But no, this, this movie, this is a good movie. 
uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Elizabeth Olsen um, hold it down as Doctor Strange and Wanda in this. That, that's pretty much, th- that is the two people that um, are charged with the most to do and really um, hold this movie. They have the most emotional weight. Their characters go through the most in this. Um, so I think that, and they both deliver. I, I think that they deliver in their roles in this and the story of this and everything like that. Uh, th- this is the first Marvel movie, I think, to really jump into the pool that is the multiverse, at least to this extent. It's the first one to like really jump in the pool where you're doing a storyline where we're doing a lot of traveling, going through, you know, Spider-Man, I feel like, you, you know, it's kind of like when you go to the pool and you stick a foot in there or you stick a hand in there to see what the water feels like. That's what Spider-Man was with, I think, with relation to the multiverse. You know, the the multiversal elements were coming to Peter Parker's timeline. And so he's dealing with all these things coming to him. This is really the first movie where we are going through multiple timelines, different things like that, that we've seen in a movie. So with that, there's a, to me, there's a sense of exciting. There's a sense of new that we haven't really seen them dive this much into the multiverse on screen yet. But with that, there are some narrative things that I think could have been better. There's, there is some convolutedness to the script and things like that, um, that that I think keep it from being one of the stronger Marvel entries. So I think by merit of what it is, there is that. But my hope is, is that they will get stronger at writing the multiverse and dealing with it and stuff like that as they go along. But this one, you could tell that with the whole multiverse storyline, there were some struggles as far as the, the the narrative, but not enough to take away from everything that was good about it. You know, not enough to take away from everything that, that I think w- was good about the film. Pacing, very well done. I thought in this film, it never felt boring. It starts at a frantic pace. And I think it just, um, it, it, it manages to keep you, through to the end, even though, but with that pace, a lot of things are happening. It's explaining a lot of things. There are a lot of things, there are concepts that it introduces. Um, And this is really one of those that rewards you for watching past things. Like if you didn't watch WandaVision, I don't know how you could possibly understand what is happening. Like, like if for some reason you missed that one. Um, tr- trust me when I say you're going to want to see that before you watch this. Um, I-, I think um, a little bit, there's a little bit of Loki in here as far as just what variants are, multiple timelines, different versions of somebody, stuff like that. You know, that might help you, but I don't know. You might be able to get, uh, you might be able to get by without watching that. And then there are cameos and things like that in this, which I won't say who, but I think if you watched What If, you would probably appreciate some of those a little more. Like, I think 
looking back, I'm glad that I watched those things and did a little recap (laughs) because then it had been a while since I watched WandaVision. So I'm glad like I recapped some of these things before I watched the movie because, I mean, this movie dives right in and we're doing stuff and it's explaining the books and all of this other kind of stuff. And it, it doesn't slow down to explain any of those things. It kind of assumes you already know all of this. So that... I think for some casuals, especially people who haven't seen all of this stuff, that might come across as a weakness in this as that because it's just some of this is hard to pick up on if you haven't if you don't have any of that prior knowledge. But overall, I, I don't know if I can fault the the movie for people not seeing parts of it's all one big story. So you know, it's kind of like if you missed a part, it's, that's kind of on you. You know, I don't know how much I can punish the movie for that, for you not seeing other things like WandaVision, stuff like that. So it's kind of one of those, you know, depending on who you are, I think is going to depend a lot on how much you enjoy this movie and how much you've seen of the past stuff might affect your like or dislike of certain things that they do. But Overall, I found this fun. It it, it definitely, like Heather was saying, it definitely does do some different things as far as just how the story is told, the darker nature of the story, um, Sam Raimi's directing, uh, and the the plan from the get-go was for this to have like a horror feel, for it to have horror elements um, which is something that I don't think a lot of any of the other MCU movies have done really before. So that makes this probably one of the more unique entries of the MCU. So it does have that going for it as well. So overall, yeah, you know, it moves well. It's a fun movie. Um, I had a good time with it. And there were some surprises. There were some things about this plot that I didn't see coming. There were some surprises that I thought were pleasant surprises and made the movie more fun. So, and the actors all did well. So overall, uh, another solid entry in my opinion from Marvel. Oh, multiverse of madness. I just don't even know where to begin with you. You, uh, I don't know. It's it's just you know, it's just okay. It's fine, it's okay. It's whatever. You would think by now you know, Marvel would be fucking better at this shit, but it's not again worse. I just phase four is a fucking mess, and I think that this movie ultimately kind of really exemplifies the mess that is the fucking phase four of Marvel. I mean, the acting performances are fine, whatever the little horror elements that Sam Raimi brings to this movie uh, with his, the, the, his particular style of horror. It fits, it fits what Marvel would want to do with horror. It's a little campy. It's a little jokey, but it's still kind of creepy and weird, you know? So they, that's fine. But, I mean, ultimately, this movie just had a couple of scenes that I like. A story that is a fucking mess. And that's really about it. Like, I'll, I'll give them credit. 
apparently the original cut of this movie's fucking two hours and 40 minutes long, and they cut out 40 minutes of it. I will give them credit with that. But, you know, as much as they want to sit there and do all this other stuff, this movie kind of hinges a lot on seeing WandaVision, on seeing Loki, on seeing some of the what-ifs. You don't you don't necessarily have to watch the what-ifs, but there's a lot of stuff in this that is directly calling back to the what-ifs. You know, but you don't really need to see it like I have never watched the what ifs. So eh, and you know, I still it still went along, you know, but it's it was just one of those movies at the end of it, I'm like, okay, it's fine, whatever. It feels like just another fucking Marvel movie, and I'm kind of tired of it. I am. I thought maybe this could be it. This could change it, because they're like, oh, we're changing our philosophy with the movie and all this and that and blah blah blah. No. It's, it's still the same shit. There's still some more shit that Kevin Feige is having to explain in between movies and explain in press conferences and interviews to really kind of solidify things that happen in this movie. And, you know, that's some bullshit because you know, why the fuck are you showing it on the screen, Kevin Feige? If you know what you're doing and you know what this and that is and all this other stuff, fucking put it in a movie. Don't put it in a press conference. Don't put it in an interview. Don't put it in that shit. Fucking tired of it. I feel like Marvel's constantly lying to us about that stuff. You know, and then when they change canon with all this other stuff because of what they say, you know, like I said in an interview, okay, but you can't just keep doing that. This movie, I think, really kind of really feels the most kind of comic book logic-y of all movies. We've talked about that before in the podcast. And I think that that this movie also shows why that doesn't work in movies. Comic book logic works in a comic book because most comic book storylines are six issues long, a really big story arc or overarching thing might be 12 issues or something. So it might be six months to a year of comic books dedicated to a storyline. If they don't end up liking a storyline or fans don't end up liking a storyline, guess what? It's just six issues. Then, you know, that next issue in the next story, they, you know, they might just say fuck it and ignore it. They might just ignore the fuck up they just did. They've done it before. Just look at Spider-Man Maximum Clonage. You know, they'll backtrack real fast and just get rid of it and ignore it. To do that in, in, in something like this, you'd need two movies a year per series. Because it's the same type of principle. An end game would be, you know, one for a year or something. But, you know, it's two a year. And with this, I'm kind of weirded out by the fact that, like, this this movie really shows the flaws in that system trying to apply it to movies. Because they just straight up ignored some shit that they've done before. They've ignored some stuff they've said before. They're just kind of ignoring some shit. And they're hoping you will too. And then they're also kind of hoping you'll ignore probably other shit in the future from this. And when you only get a couple of movies out of a series, you only get three or four movies typically, you know. Thor is going to be the biggest, longest one this year. We're getting a fourth one out of Thor. 
It doesn't really work the same. I just, I just really don't know how I feel with the direct, like this, we've talked about several times about how I don't understand the direction Marvel is wanting to go in phase four. And this movie, I think, does not help that. Like, I think I have a better clue of where they're going. And we'll get into that in spoilers. Like, I think I know what is going to be the penultimate event of phase four. I, I think that they're really struggling getting there, though. And when they get there, I don't f- think it's going to really feel like a culmination event. I think it's just going to be said it's a culmination event. But I don't really think they're going to earn it. But, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch was fine. Rachel McAdams, fine. Everybody's fine. You know? But that's kind of standard Marvel at this point. Everybody's, Marvel's rarely giving you bad performances. I'll give them that. You, you, you don't get a bad performance in a Marvel movie, but I don't. I don't, don't, don't. Like the way this is going. And this this does nothing to, to, to quell anything. And also this might be a spoiler. I don't really think it is. As much as this movie's called Multiverse of Madness, there's truly not that much multiversing going along. It's actually very limited with the amount of multiverses you get. And that kind of sucks too. Because they really could have done, you know, the everything everywhere all at once. They could have really leaned into that type of thing and multiversed the fuck out of this movie. And that's kind of what you expect out of the title Multiverse of Madness. What were you saying, Heather? Yeah, I think that you make a good point. And it's something that I thought of, too, like when Justin was talking earlier about, like, I think this is a good introduction to the multiverse um but it doesn't i mean you don't really get to get into the details of each universe and i think that it will require more movies to kind of explore that a little bit so i think this was for me at least i think it was a good introduction into what the multiverse is or what it could be you know seeing a couple of the different multiverses was kind of cool but you're right i mean they don't they don't expound on a whole lot necessarily uh, you just get to see them in a few of the different ones. So um, I think it's a good introduction into the multiverse, but you're right. You don't really, there's not a whole lot of madness going on, but it's, it was a good start to get to the point of exploring the different multiverses. I think. I completely disagree. I think this is a terrible introduction into the multiverse. Cause this isn't the introduction to the multiverse. I think Loki is actually the introduction to the multiverse. And this just kind of, muddled it up without really doing anything special with it. You know, whenever they really uh, sit there and go, you know what? We're really going to show you some multiverse shit. Traffic lights are different colors here. Crazy multiverse. What? Fuck this movie. Um, I get, I think I get kind of what you're saying, Heather. Like, I think, um, it may not be, it's, oh, yes, it's not the introduction to the multiverse as far as from the MCU material we've gotten. Yes, that would be Loki. 
but it is the first right. film to involve this kind of interaction with the multiverse. And I think that's by design. They can't. I don't think it would have been smart to have your first film dealing with multiverse travel and stuff like that to take this big deep dive and go all over this. You know, I, I think this probably, I think ultimately as we have more movies and we do more things with the multiverse, I think this will be one we look back at and say that was a good like first movie to really deal with it because Loki kind of was the was our first like kind of learning about it, getting names for things like variants and stuff like that. But then this film was the first one to really just have the characters traveling through it and stuff like that. So as a film, I think it did need to it didn't need to go all the way with it. You know what I mean? I think this will wind up being a smarter strategy. You know, and, and and it's kind of the same thing. Like, I, I think it's going to wind up kind of mirroring what they did with the Infinity Stones. You know what I'm saying? Like, in that arc, if you think about it, what did they do? Every character sort of had their either interaction with the stone or something was happening as a result of a stone or they were dealing with the stone directly, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like that's kind of what happened. You saw every character kind of deal with something that was happening with an infinity stone, a tesseract, the 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 Thor, the dark world with the ether, this, that, and the other, right? And then all of those stories came together once everybody had kind of dealt with something that dealt with the stones in their own way. And it all kind of led to Thanos. I could totally see them doing this kind of thing where you're going to get all of these characters interacting with the multiverse in some kind of way. Right. And that's sort of what's happening. Right. We saw Loki and kind of him learning about it and what he went through in Spider-Man. Like I said, multiversal things are coming to his world and he's interacting that way. This movie, Doctor Strange was traveling, actually traveling through it and different things like that. And we kind of have this storyline kind of predicated on a character trying to manipulate it and another character trying to stop that manipulation of it traveling through it. I think that they're going to keep doing things like this, where you have these characters kind of interacting with the multiverse all in a different way. And then, of course, it's going to all culminate um, at the end. So I don't know. I think I think this is probably a smart way to do it. I don't think you need to go full force into it right away. I think this is movie by movie. We'll get deeper into it as we deal with characters that are deeper in it. If that makes sense, that would make the most sense to me. I'm just if I were a storyteller, I don't see how you couldn't do it that way. Yeah, and and I guess maybe I should, I don't know, maybe explain that better. Like, I agree. Yeah, it's not the first introduction to the multiverse, but I guess, I guess maybe I mean the exploring and seeing sort of the possibilities of what the multiverse is. Like, you know, there's some scenes where you see, oh, what if, what if we get something in this realm? And what if, you, so I guess maybe mm-hmm. that's what I mean by it. But I, I do understand, like, yeah, I, I get that perspective. I just, for me, I just felt like, oh, like I'm actually seeing a little bit more of like 
what this multiverse could actually mean, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. So I guess that's what I mean by that. I get all that. But you still could have expounded upon it in this without really overwhelming things. They did that. I mean, I didn't want to get like that was trying to be more vague about it because I was going to move on so we could go to spoilers. And I I guess I'll save it. I'll save what I was going to say because now I can't respond without going into spoilers. So. uh, I mean, (laughs) I still I completely disagree. This is not how you introduce this stuff properly. You cannot slow play it at this point. We are how many fucking movies into phase four? And you don't have a solidified aspect of what you're fucking going for yet. And if this is actually supposed to be what it is, the thing that culminates everything else, you've wasted so much fucking time. You don't have time to slow play it. You're like fucking five movies into phase four. Before this, like most phases were like eight movies. You're already fucking deep in the trenches. You got to fucking go for it. You've got to move at this point. To me, this just all, that, that's why I said this movie screams. They have no fucking clue old, what, what they're trying to get to yet. Like they know what they want to get to, but they don't know how to get there in the movie universe. So you throw in these fan service bullshit fucking cameos that don't mean shit. Just so you can be like, see multiverse shit. See, this is what the fans want. I don't think it's 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 cheap fucking ploys to make up for the fact that they don't know what they're doing because it gets people fucking hyped. Like people get hyped for fucking cameos. They get hyped for fucking Easter eggs. It's all fucking bullshit masking tape. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, that I remains that to be seen. There's no way to know that until we see. I mean, this is a different beast than the first arc because you're talking movies, TV series, all this other kind of stuff. It's way too early, I think, to make such a definite determination of it. But I mean, there's so much more material that they have to kind of finish this story. So I don't know, man. I think um, I don't feel that way, but uh, I can definitely get some of the sentiments, I guess. I mean, I I, I get I get what you're saying, Justin, but the thing is, is these movies are predicated on the fact that, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to compare this to phase one, but the first three phases, it's eight movies a phase. It's eight movies in a culminating event in every phase. I think it's even worse when you're adding in the TV shows now, because how many movies has it been and how many TV series deep into this run and you don't have any fucking clue how long is phase four going to be phase four going to be 18 fucking movies because it takes them that long to get to it takes them that long to figure it out i mean i just i i get what you're saying justin but it's been well we gotta wait and see for how many fucking movies now that's something you have literally said to me because i've made this fucking complaint over and over again it's been that for how many movies We got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. I think we're waiting because they don't know what they want us to fucking see. Because Kevin Feige is playing fucking damage control between all these fucking movies and TV series. Spouting bullshit at fucking in interviews. 
to make up for the fact that they're not putting shit in movies. And somebody goes, hey, what about this? And he's just like, yep, that's exactly what that means. We didn't show it to you in a fucking movie or TV show. But nope, that's what it means. And that's what we're doing now in the Marvel Universe. This is more show don't tell bullshit that they're not fucking doing. And I think it's, I guess I'm just going to have to wait to spoil it because I don't really know what you're talking about. I, I need to know specifically what you and mean by what they're not showing, what he said in an interview and what exactly you want to see. I don't think I quite understand where you're coming from, but and that's maybe fair. I that's, will in spoilers. That's yeah, I know I'm trying to get there. <laughs> that's why I said, I, yeah, I can't re- rebut much of what you guys said because what I wanted like to rebut what you guys said, I now need to go into spoilers and I can't. So let's move on. Recommendations and scores. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Recommendations and score. Uh, Justin, go. Okay. Make quick. Cause I want to hear what you got to say and what these, what are you talking about in these interviews? But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I recommend it. Um, I think that for some people, um, and, and just, just given, you know, the, the chat that I started and the comments I heard on this, this is kind of one of those movies where for some people I could see it. I could see them saying, oh, this is my favorite one because of the way that, because of the tone of it, the horror elements, if you're a Raimi fan, there's a lot of Evil Dead references in this. And, you know, I had a friend who was like all like he loves Sam Raimi movies and stuff like that. And he was just giddy when he saw a reference to something or what he thought was a reference to something or something like that. Um, so I, I think that there are certain people where they're going to like and then this was way darker and there's death and things get kind of <laughs> a little crazy. Like it definitely goes a darker direction that Marvel movies haven't really went to. It goes some places that other ones really haven't been as far as just the, the dark tone of it all. Um, and like we said, the horror elements. So I think for, so, for those people who are just heavy into that stuff, I could see them going, Oh, I liked this one the best. However, if you're more of a person like me, um, that's looking at it all like holistically, I think that, you know, there are some story elements that I think could have been better. There are some story elements that I think there are some things that could have been explained better. And I question, you know, are we going to get explanations to some of the things that we saw? You know, there were some questions I had that I don't think are necessarily like good questions. I was kind of like, what are they going to do with that? If anything at all. Um, And so for that reason, just for some narrative things, I can't say that it's the best, but I can understand the sentiment on some levels, but overall it's a good film. Uh, We'll go, we'll go 80, um, 80, 80 times that Wanda said she was being reasonable, but probably really wasn't out of a hundred. Uh, Heather, go. 
yeah, overall, I liked it too. I definitely do see some flaws with it and some things that I think maybe could have done a little bit better. But overall, I in general liked what they did with this. I liked the general story of it. And yeah, it was fun. It was a fun, it was a little bit different than the norm for them. Not much, but just slightly different, you know. Um, and I I enjoyed the performances and I think that um, it, I think it's going to, at least my hope is that it's going to open up in other movies, just more exploration of some of what we've seen here. Um, but hopefully done in a way that is uh, done well. Um, yeah, I I give this a, I'll go with a 78 um Uh, 78 fake universes to cover up what's really going on out of 100. I don't recommend it, really. But it's kind of a no point. Like, as a box office, everybody fucking saw it. I mean, everybody's already fucking seen it, so I cannot recommend it all I want. It's And the thing is, though, is... Yeah, if you're really into Marvel, yeah, sure, fuck it, go see it. You're gonna love it. It's more Marvel. It's more Marvel shit. It really is. I'm tired of it. I've been tired of it, and I feel like the only fucking movie I'm gonna like over the next fucking ten years from them is gonna probably gonna be this next Thor movie because it looks like that's just straight Taika bullshit, and I love straight Taika bullshit. Like you give me some Taika Waititi bullshit and sign me the fuck up. So I'm stoked for Thor. You know. There's a lot of theological elements that are going to go into that with Gore, the the God Butcher. So I'm yeah, I'm fucking stoked. Nah, other than that, it is more Marvel bullshit. I'm constantly feeling lied to by Marvel. This didn't help that feeling. Spoiler alert: Moon Knight didn't help that feeling. Being <laughs> fucking lied to by them. I'm tired of it. I like how your recommendation is basically like I'm excited for Thor. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this movie other than there was a Thor trailer before it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to anything else from Marvel as much as I'm looking forward to Avatar 2. The fuck was that trailer? I want to talk to you guys about that oh, at the no. end of this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sure. Fuck it. See it if you like Marvel shit. Don't see it if you like Marvel shit. I don't give a fuck at this point. I feel like I am putting as much fucking effort into me recommending this movie as Marvel is with, with the products they're fucking putting out. It's fucking tiresome. There is a small chance after Thor 4, Love and Thunder, there's a chance it might just be you two on Marvel shit after that. I might need to legitimately not watch a Marvel movie for fucking, I don't know, six months, something. No, it's got to be longer than that. Because the break we got before Black Widow didn't fucking help my fucking bullshit with this. So, I don't know. Maybe four <laughs> years. I might not have to watch a Marvel movie for four years. Um, But, yeah. I Whatever. Uh, 60. 60. You know, I actually liked that music fight. Out of 100. There's some good scenes in this. I won't deny it. There's some good shit that happens in this movie. Yeah. 
I did dig that. So, uh, spoilers. Yeah. Yep. Spoilers. Okay. Um. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and we'll we'll talk about what I was talking about earlier, Justin. Uh, so we can get that part out of the way. Um, he was giving an, uh, Kevin Feige was giving an interview and he was like, yeah. So the reason why, as these movies have gone since Loki, that things with the multiverse are getting weirder is because they killed the guy that kind of kept the multiverse contained. Essentially they were positing that. What would you call him again? I don't remember what his name was. Good King. He who remains or. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy, King the Conqueror. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the multiverse really didn't exist w- whenever he was around. That he was keeping everything in check by, you know, protecting the timeline that technically negated existences of the multiverse. So, since he died, the multiverse has just been exploding. And that's why things are kind of weirdly constantly getting worse. Kind of like how in Spider-Man, and this is a direct thing he said, in Spider-Man, a spell that Doctor Strange had done hundreds of times, all of a sudden he can't do it, right? It's different, it's weirder, it has unintended uh, consequences. That's because the multiverse is expanding and going crazy. You know, now the fact that you're getting incursions and all this shit, it's because the multiverse is going crazy. You know... All these things are because they killed, you know, King the Good Witch. Cool. Show it in a fucking movie. Why couldn't they have, why couldn't somebody have said something in this movie? You had people that were quote unquote multi dimensional, multiverse fucking experts. And nobody could talk about that? That You don't have to specifically say that that guy died because I understand why they wouldn't know that. You can't explain that something happened. Something must have happened. That you can see a catalyst point in the timeline that is now creating multiverses. You know what I mean? You can't have something like that? Why the fuck is that something being said in an interview and not in a fucking movie? Not in a TV show? Not in something. Homework. Yeah. Well, I do remember in the Loki series, didn't, didn't, um, didn't he who remains say that though? Like, wasn't there something, wasn't whenever he was explaining why he created the, the, the TRA? Yes. The TRA and all of that stuff. And he was talking about, or is Mm. is it TVA? Yeah, my bad. TVA the TVA and all of that stuff. Didn't he say, if I die, wasn't that the whole point of the end of that? When he was like, if I die and then there was like, um, I know that they, they did it as a visual representation, but I remember there being one line and him saying, if I die, if, if I'm not here to keep things in check, this whole thing can sprawl into chaos. And it showed all these branches. And it was like, hundreds of branches branching off of this one timeline and they and he talked about what the potential damage could be when he died and all these other evil loki all these other evil kangs and all of that kind of stuff 
So, I mean, they did say it in that. I, I just don't know how these characters would know that. Or at least how would they know that yet, you know? I get that. I, get- I, would, I think Loki would have to explain that to them once this, once more characters meet up. No, I, I, I get that. But that's the thing. Is that said at the beginning before anything happens? And then you're saying that these specific events in movies are correlated to that? And you're not bothering showing anything when it comes to that regard. Like I said, this movie has fucking multiverse experts. And you can't have them allude to something just saying that something fucking happened and it's caused dimensional craziness especially when the fact that you've got a book in this fucking universe and then all the multiverse that allows you to transport your your fucking consciousness around the universe what the fuck was that ability before the multiverse then why would all the like are, are, are they saying that a spell magically appeared in the dark hole all of a sudden like that spell showed up because the multiverse exists now. And then on top of that, when it comes to some of that stuff, based on what this movie said and based on what Loki said, did nobody dream in the MCU before fucking King, the good witch died. If that's what dreams are, did nobody fucking dream or dreams meant something different then. And now they mean this. That's what I'm saying is it doesn't quite line up with that. And so Kevin Feige is sitting there explaining away shit in interviews. You could put that in this movie because like I said, you could have, you have a fucking Reed Richards in this movie. You have the Rachel McAdams character in that other universe is a multidimensional expert. They know about fucking incursions or whatever the fuck they're called universe symbolisms or whatever the fuck it was like they know about all that shit they have those explanations but they can't have something going hey you know you know if you look at all this stuff there was this reading and that you know then it just expands upon that i think that's a big issue because you could throw some throwaway lines in this movie to help kind of further what, you know, the he who remains fucking, you know, what he was saying. Because of the characters you brought into this, you brought in characters into this movie that are the perfect fucking people to explain that. You, you've got a fucking Reed Richards in this movie. First time in the MCU, you've got a Reed Richards. And you can't give that guy that line? And like I said, it still doesn't explain how all of a sudden there's a fucking evil spell to transverse the multiverse if it didn't fucking exist. Like, that makes no sense. I just, I don't understand why they're having to do this shit. And I think it's, it's, I think Kevin Feige's gotten, he's essentially gotten a little too fucking... I don't want to say involved, but he needs to shut his mouth at some point then and not be saying this shit. 
and you know, some of my issues with Kevin Feige saying this shit, I'm not going to lie. It's because of the shit he fucking lied to us about Moon Knight. I feel like he personally lied to me. I feel like whenever he sat there and went, hey, Moon Knight, the most brutal thing we've done in the MCU. And then I watched Moon Knight. And it's not at all. I understand that when he said that he wasn't counting the Netflix stuff. So you can't count a daredevil and a punisher because those fuckers are brutal in their respective shows. That's brutal. But you can't say, hey, this is the most brutal thing in the MCU. And Endgame was more violent. Like, come on. We're spoiling Moon Knight. I don't give a fuck. But he lied about that. And I feel like that's what he's doing. He's constantly saying shit at this point that isn't lining up with what they're producing or fixing things they're producing because they can't put it in a movie. And honestly, at this point, if that's what's happening and you can't put it in a movie, maybe you're right, Justin. Maybe this still wasn't the movie you put that line in. Okay? Maybe you're absolutely right. Then Kevin Feige still shouldn't say it in an interview. And you wait for the movie you can put it in. Don't say it now then. If that's if that's accurate, then don't say it now. Because if you can't put in a movie... Why are you saying it? Why are you explaining shit in the background? Why are you explaining shit that's essentially happening between movies? Just wait. Use use what you're saying, Justin, what you've said earlier, what you've said before. Wait and let it play out then. If the explanation can't be given in a movie yet, wait. Let it get to that point. And then when somebody goes, hey... Does that mean that it was this, this, and this? And you're like, yeah, that's exactly what we were trying to say in this movie, blah, blah, blah. Then you can explain it because you put it in a movie. Cool. I just don't see the point in doing that now. If you're not ready to put it in a fucking movie. So that's what I was talking about with all that shit. And why I was all fucking pissed about that. Okay. Um, now I at least understand a little bit of w- what you're saying. And I don't know, like I said, it just sounds like maybe he just thought he could say that because he thought the idea was already presented in Loki. I, I just, it feels like that might be what happened, but maybe he oversaid something or implied something that maybe they haven't shown yet. For all we know, Loki season two could cover a lot of the what are the after what exactly to what extent are the after effects of this he who remains being dead Loki season two could explain a lot more of that but maybe he thought he could say that because he felt like that concept was already put out there on Loki is what I'm thinking but I I get your point I I get your point they're about to start filming Loki season two I, I, I'm, I'm just doing that because I just saw that today. Like literally within the next few weeks, Loki season two does start filming. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this though, in disagreement with you, Justin, I think we're actually going to get more of an explanation. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to get more of an explanation in Ant-Man and the Wasp and quantum mania. Cause that comes out in like February. They moved its release mm-hmm. date okay. up. And that movie's supposed to have King the Conqueror in it. 
So hopefully we get something if fucking Kang's going to be in that movie. Hopefully okay. they explain it then. You know what I mean? If you're going to have Kang in that movie, you know, because that's supposed to be the yeah. actual introduction of Kang. Because we saw, you okay, know. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like they, they announced it because they cast Jonathan Majors for Kang for that movie before they put him in Loki. You okay. Know? So I'm not spoiling anything. That was one of the things that was announced that he was going to be Kang in that movie. You know, that was the casting announcement. He's cast as Kang. So, you know, then when they were writing Loki, they were like, hey, do you think he would fucking come in and do this part two to set up Kang? And Jonathan Majors being a legit human being was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so. And was one of the best things about that show, to be honest. <laughs> In his five minutes or whatever he was on screen. But, you know, so I'm saying, like, hopefully we get the explanation in that. Because they moved the date up. Originally, that was supposed to be the Marvels. And they pushed the Marvels to, like, June. Which is when Quantum Manium was originally supposed to come out. And they moved Quantum Manium up to, like, February. Or something, like, March or February or some shit. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. So. I'm just throwing, I, I hope we get the explanation at least then. Because, dear God, why the fuck are you having Kang in a movie if you're not throwing that shit? Like. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that it would have to, that they would have to go deeper into it at some point. You know, that they're, what they're going to have to. And see, that just sounds like what I'm thinking. You're going to have all these characters interact with it. Each character is going to learn some aspect of it that, the other ones don't know. So that way, when they all come together, we we can get everybody up to speed. That just makes the most sense to me. Like, I don't see any other way possible you could do it. Like, Loki's going to get with a group, and he's going to be able to explain some shit. Like, the Ant-Man and the Wasp, they're going to be able to explain some stuff. Doctor Strange is going to be able like it. To me, that just makes all the sense in the world, you know? Yeah, but how, like I said, how long are we going to have to fucking wait for that movie? Because they don't have that movie on the horizon. Over like the next two years, that movie is not happening yet. So how much fucking longer are we waiting? Anyway, back, <laughs> back to my shit with this movie. You know, I'll start a little, I'll, I'll go a little positive first real quick. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the scene when, uh, Wanda was invading, you know, Marvel Hogwarts. I really, I really dug that scene. You know, I liked that they did that throwback to Wanda fucking with people's minds to get in and stuff like that. I thought that was super cool. Uh, I liked that once she was in the temple, they fucking trapped her in reflections. And she figured out her way out. And the way they did it, you know, that is straight Sam Raimi when she was like trying to get out of the reflections and stuff, you know, they look in the puddle and they just see the eyeball. That's Sam Raimi. If there was ever a Sam Raimi scene, that's fucking it, you know, or when she crawled out of the mirror. Yeah. That looked exactly like the type of shit you would see in fucking drag me to hell. It was the same type of stylization mm-hmm. and stuff. That's Sam Raimi, you know? So I get that. And that was super cool. When she climbed out of that fucking like, silver fucking thing that was super cool 
you know, and then a bunch of other bullshit happened in this movie. Uh, I mean, we, we might as well talk about it. The biggest spoilery thing in this movie, the Illuminati. You get to the Illuminati. There were some parts of it, I think, of that that were kind of cool, I guess. I liked Maria Rambeau being that Captain Marvel. I thought that was a nice little cool thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I thought having, you know, Captain Carter was slightly pointless, but I guess it was a good nod to what if. Don't, I don't necessarily think it was needed for this movie, but they wanted a nod to what if. Fine. Fuck it. Whatever. I thought it was a bold choice to bring in Black Bolt in this. What's his name? Black Degar Boltagon. And yes, people, that is his actual comic book name. Like that is his, that is his Christian name in the comics, as people would say. They brought him in. It's the same guy that played back Black Bolt in that fucking Marvel Inhumans TV show that lasted for three episodes because it was utter bullshit. (laughs) Now, granted, in the show, he didn't have the little fucking fork thingy. He didn't have the mask, you know, so... You know, so that was nice. That was a nice little thing. You know, they brought in John Krasinski to play Reed Richards in this. Let's be clear, just so people know, and nobody's confused later. This does not mean that John Krasinski will be Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movie. He has not been cast as Reed Richards. As of right now, all it is is a cameo. Because fans have fan cast him a billion times for Reed Richards. So Marvel, as fan service, was like reached out to him and was like, hey, would you come play this role as a cameo? We're not saying you're going to be it or that you have to be or anything like that. But as a cameo, can you come be in this movie as that role? And John Krasinski, not being a shitty person, was like, yeah, sure, let's go do it. You know, plus he made some money. Don't don't act like you know anybody did it out of the goodness of the heart. The fucker made some money. You know, probably not a lot, but he made some money. You know, he probably got you know fifty, sixty grand for maybe three days of work. So, you know, that's fair. I'm not going to hate on somebody for making money. Um, you know, and then they brought uh, Patrick Stewart. You know, in as Professor X. They modeled this one after the animated TV series. I know I I saw before I, I when that scene happened. I knew before you even confirmed it on Facebook that when that scene happened, I was like, Justin popped at that scene. Because they did that little guitar riff of the animated movies or the animated shows theme song. I knew when I heard that, I was like, Justin popped at that. Yep. Yeah. Yes, they did. Like when when I when I heard that man, I thought that that was so damn cool. I, I thought that was really awesome that they did that. Like that they just know how to. They just know how to do fan service, man. That they, they just that they they understand it, man. And, and I popped for Reed Richards too. You know, like when he came on, I was like, you know, at first it was kind of like. Okay, this is literally what I was thinking in my head. I, when I saw Captain Carter, I was like, oh, cool, Captain Carter from What If? All right, cool. 
Then it was like Black Bolt or whatever. And I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then it was like, Reed Richards, the smartest man for the Fantastic Four. And I was like, oh, Reed Richards. I, I, I like like a schoolgirl. And the fact that it was John Krasinski was just the icing on the cake. And then when 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 then when Charles Xavier came in though, and it went, I went, okay, all right, Marvel. That was tight. That was tight. It was pretty cool. And I liked how they kind of did it like Wonder Woman on an electric guitar. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I know I've said this before, but just because I'm now thinking of it. When that happened in the trailer for Batman versus Superman and it showed Wonder Woman and it started playing that that guitar riff, I was like, that's so fucking dumb. That is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That grew on me, though. Like, when Wonder Woman shows up and it's all, don't, don't, you know, playing that fucking guitar riff, too. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's fucking battle Wonder Woman. Fuck yeah. I dig it now. Um, so that's like kudos to that. And it just made me think of it. But yeah, I like the fact that, like, yeah, like I said, they didn't straight up play the theme old school style. They did it on a little electric guitar riff and stuff. And it made it a little fun, little reference. I'll give you that. It's super fun, little reference, you know? And then, you know, they had Baron Mordo be that their, their sorcerer Supreme and it's a different Baron Mordo, whatever. I actually kind of think that they should have gotten the guy from the original fantastic four movies to play it though, instead of John Krasinski. I think they should have brought that guy back for this. I think it would have been a little bit cooler if they had. Like, those movies are shit, but <laughs> it would have been a fun little callback. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I, I just think it would have been a fun little dumb thing. Because, especially with everybody, like John Krasinski, Reed Richards, yes, yes. It would have been kind of funny if it was just that guy. You know, just coming back and being this Reed Richards. And it's a fine little moment, you know. Because I, I don't think him as Reed was the worst thing in those movies. I mean, the script was the worst thing in those movies, not the actors. You know, so I think you would. I think it would have been a fun little thing if it was him. Um, And so, like, you know, that was whatever for the Illuminati. I did kind of like the way that the Scarlet Witch just kind of systematically killed the fuck out of all of them. Because realistically speaking, she could do that. Now, the funnest one was Black Bolt. I thought that that was the funnest one. Because he's just like, Man, they're like, that was... they're like, he's going to scream you away. Yeah. And she goes, with what mouth? And th- once again, that's a super Sam Raimi thing to do. Super Sam Raimi thing to do. You know, and then I like the fact that it just, you know, his own powers exploded out the back of his head. That was kind of a fun little thing. Yeah, that was a that was a cool one. I the Reed Richards death was okay. You know, I just don't know why they made him and a lot of people said this string cheese. I don't know why they string cheesed him. I just, and I, maybe I don't know what they could have done better, but I just still thought that was a little weird to just string cheese him. The um, line beforehand was cold. Like, do, do you, you know, do you have a wife? Yes. Well, at least there'll be one of you left to take care of the kids. That was cold. Man, I like, 
Wanda was absolutely ridiculous in this movie. I don't want to ignore the fact of just how ridiculous Wanda was in this movie. You know, oh, if I can even call her that, the Scarlet Witch, you know. I'll get to Wanda. God, she was ridiculous in this. Okay, but anyway, yeah, that um, line was cold. <laughs> no, it was. That's a great line for something like that. Um, I like the way she killed Professor Xavier. That's also a super Sam Raimi way to present that. That was a cool scene. You know, yeah. I really liked that. Very also, horror, ghost horror-esque. Yeah. With the behind the, you know, and then the way the, the and the way she was illustrated. Exactly. I don't think that was her. I think that was it looked like CGI. I don't know. They, like, yeah, they digitized her. Yeah. But yeah, it, there was it, a, it looked digitized, but but it's a very scary as hell. It's a, but it's a very Sam Raimi way to do it. The person standing there and then all of a sudden the over the shoulder person. Yeah. That's the Sam Raimi thing. Yeah. You know, they did it with deadites back in the evil dead stuff. And in, you know, army of darkness, they did it in drag me to hell. That's the Sam Raimi way of doing it. You know, and I like just popped up and snap and he just dead, you know? Um, I liked the fact that that version of captain Marvel was a problem for her because in the MCU, the two most powerful people, especially coming out of Endgame, was Captain Marvel and the Scarlet Witch, arguably. And so I liked because it's a different type of power. It's, you know, super cosmic powers versus super magic powers. I liked that they had some issues with each other. I thought that that was a, that was a great way to show that, that, even though Wanda is super powerful with her reality bending and stuff like that, she's going up against somebody that's essentially the power stone embodied in a person, you know? So I liked that. I thought that that was, that was a great way of portraying that. And it really kind of shows that even in the normal MCU, Captain Marvel's power levels without her, the MCU version of Captain Marvel being in this, I, I liked showing that. How the fuck did Peggy Carter not get blinked into non-existence, though? Why was she an issue against her? She can sit there and think Black Bolt's mouth away, but Peggy Carter has any business lasting more than 0.7 seconds in a fight with her? Because she has to throw her magic at Peggy Carter? Get the fuck out of here. Now, I will say this. I like the fact that the shield cut her in half. That's cool. Hey, don't hate on Captain Carter, man. That's I will Captain hate Carter on right Captain Carter. I would have hated it if it was First fucking Chris bitch. Evans as Captain America. It would make no sense. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. It makes no sense. My, for th- th- Those are my dogs, man. Yeah. Like Captain America, he better, he better put up a fight. Captain Carter, she better put up a fight. How? If she can think away Black Bolt's mouth, how the fuck do they last any time? She thought Just it away. The fighting she, spirit. Thought it away. Spirit, Sterling. No, Justin. Spirit. They are people. Black Bolt is an inhuman. Argue. He's the king of the inhumans, and he can get his mouth thought away. And a person can do anything. Fuck off. No, no, no. That fighting spirit. No, Sterling. You just don't understand. You just underestimate the power of the fighting spirit, man. I underestimate. 
I, you know, maybe I underestimate their ability to drag bullshit on just because they want a character to last longer, even though it makes no fucking sense. Ugh. No. Uh, she's got that no. fight of spirit, man. Oh. She's crafty. She was moving around, you know. There was smoke everywhere. She was you know moving what around. Craftiness she, you know, Wanda couldn't do? quite see her. You know, she got blindsided by the charging star shield bash. Come on, man. It was all right. It was tight. You know what she can't do, tight. Justin? Move faster than a thought. <laughs> a thought. She wasn't thinking that, though. She was like, where is she? And bam, she got, she got, she got. She got stole the face by the shield. Realistically I mean, speaking, on, Justin, if Wanda thinks, where is she? Based on the fact that her powers are reality bending, she should have just disappeared. Just saying. Well, I mean, she didn't do it. And that shield hit her in the face. That's all I know. She got shielded. That's all I know. And it's bullshit. That's all I'm saying. But you don't know, uh, you know, so some of that stuff was cool. Some of it was dumb, whatever. Some of it was dumb, cool. That's fair. It was dumb, cool. Like Professor X being in that stupid fucking wheelchair from the animated series. That's dumb, cool. Does it because it makes no damn sense why the fuck they did that? That's dumb. But it's cool. It's fair. Well, there was a concern that I had, though, after watching all of that. And watching all of these characters die and everything like that. Like, I, I couldn't shake the feeling that, okay, like you had all these characters and, and it was a cool scene. I love the fight and they all died and everything like that. And you kind of walk away going, well, even though those characters died, there's still a chance that we can get, you know, just the fan in me is holding out being hopeful. Like, well, even though these characters died in this particular universe, there's still a chance that we might get them in other universes, this, then, the other, this, then, the other. And then I had a had a thought and I was kind of like, well, but does that mean that anybody that dies in this storyline, will it ever be important? Like, could there be a Welcome lot of deaths? to the show, Jasper. Could there be a lot of deaths where, like, they're not as important or impactful because... All we're thinking is, is that there's another universe where this character is alive. So it's okay if they die this one. And in a way, that's a little morbid because there's now a universe where Reed Richards is dead. And now it's the Fantastic Three. And that's kind of sad. But all I walked away thinking was, oh, man, the, you know, I could get the Fantastic Four later. I could get some, some X-Men later. And that was exciting, but on the back end, I had that thought. How are they going to make deaths important in this? Justin? You know, you're already you got all the multiple universes. You're already running into something that Marvel is going to have a problem with. Uh, when Chadwick Boseman died, a lot of people, after Loki came out, was like, oh, they can now recast him. And now... That is just Chichala from another universe, from one of the other multiverses. Bam, we've got Chichala uh, back in the MCU. They people are already talking about that. People are talking about the fact that now this opens the door for Robert Downey Jr. to come back. 
Tony Stark from another universe, not dead. That's already what people want. Death is utterly meaningless now in the MCU because you can always multiverse another one back in. They have done to death in these movies exactly what they've done to death in the comic books. They've, they've already reached that point. Death is meaningless yeah. in the MCU now. Yeah. Well, if the storytelling is not good, it's meaningless. But now you're going to have to be smarter about how you tell the story. Like, if it's like, okay, you've got this one version of the character, and this is the only character with this respective universe that's going to make the right decision. So if he dies, these other ones will not. Like, let's just say our Doctor Strange in this particular universe. He has to live because he is the only one capable of making such decisions, doing X, Y, and Z. If he dies, though, then these other strangers, none of them are going to do what needs to be done to do the thing, to solve the thing. Like, it, it, it's you're going to have to get really complex with the stories to make this particular character in this universe matter. He matters more. He is key to solving this. And these other versions are not like you're going to have to do shit like that to like try to make it important. But then if you do that, then we probably know that character's not going to die. I don't know. It's you, 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 you could, you, you definitely could run into some problems with that either way. But also what it allows for, it allows for infinite recasting. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. may never come back as Tony Stark. Random motherfucker we don't know yet could come in as Tony Stark now. Yep. Just recast. Because he's from a different multiverse. You know, like that's what they've opened this up for. Then that's essentially what they do in the comics. Character dies for as long as they need to be dead and then they come back. There's always a reason, but they always come back. You know. And, you know, so that's that's the thing, is that's exactly what this has opened up for, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing. As long as, I think as long as they use death to recast, I think that's slightly fair. You know, like, say this person's getting a little too old to play this, you know what I mean? Like... You know, because let's be realistic. How many fucking years can Chris Hemsworth be Thor? Probably 15. But in 16 years, you might need a new Thor. That Thor dies. <laughs> Thor from another universe shows up. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, this is comic book shit. It's supposed to be fun. Like, do the deaths really matter in the grand scheme of things. You know, this is supposed to be fun shit. It's not supposed to be all about death and grim and gloom and doom. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. So maybe like that concern isn't really a concern, but still, it was just the thought I had coming out of the movie, you know. And uh, exactly, everything you just said, Justin, is why I gave zero fucks when Tony Stark died in Endgame. So, I get it. Jastin's on team. Who gives a fuck he died? I get it. Jastin's finally joined me. Tom, taking it. You can't convince me otherwise now. <laughs> Man, I hate you. 
but no, that's exactly why. I was like, he died in a comic book movie. Death is meaningless in comics. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, that's why I didn't care. So, um, I want to talk about one last thing that really bothers me about this movie, and then we can, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go. Um, Elizabeth Olsen was great as Wanda in this movie. I didn't like the fact that Wanda had the same fucking story she had in WandaVision, though. It's the same fucking story arc. She goes too far to get to get back or bring back the love aspect that she lost previously. And goes too far just to go, oh, you're right, I went too far again. And then ends it again. That, why? Why did you do that to this character? You negate so much of, of what you did in WandaVision because you did her same arc from WandaVision. You just made it solely about the kids now instead of mainly about Vision and then turning to the kids like they did in WandaVision. And the fact that it's literally her two last perform like two latest performances as a Scarlet Witch. So it's back to back. Her doing the same shit. If there was like four movies in between. Okay. But there, like WandaVision went straight into this. As far as her character went more or less. And it's, it's the same fucking story arc. Now I will say this. I saw somebody on your post just. And comment on why didn't she go. Try to find another vision. And I saw an explanation on TikTok that I think was fantastic. And I really wish I remember the woman's name who said it. It makes no sense for her to go after Vision in this. Because it, in WandaVision, when she kills her version of Vision, like when she reabsorbs him, you know, or ends the, the Marat or, you know, ends the world, whatever, that little universe thing. That was her accepting Vision's death. That was her you know, accepting the fact that vision is gone. Her vision is gone. So that's why it makes sense that she wouldn't be hunting down vision in the multiverse. Because that was part of her acceptance of vision dying. You know, like I said, we we get the exact same thing in this though. Doing whatever it takes to get her kids back, blah, 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 blah. In the end, she goes, no, I was being ridiculous or I was wrong. I accept the fact that my kids from this were, are, are gone. I'll stop it all and maybe kill myself. I don't know. It's left kind of ambiguous. Yeah, some shit falls on her, but I don't think that's enough to kill her. But it's the same fucking arc. They just turned it up to like villainous extremes in this. She wasn't... She was like an accidental villain for a lot of WandaVision. And in this, she was more just straight villain in Doctor Strange. But it's the same arc. And I think I, I think that's bullshit. It made me very unhappy that they just did it again. And, and I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to really have that be why. Especially when I can think of multiple ways... That would have made just as much sense for her to do without going full villain. 
you know, I would argue that due to multiversal theory, if, if you're implying that the multiverse in Marvel runs on the same quantum mechanics that string theory does, and, the, you know, that's the whole purpose of, you know, the multiverse imagining of our universe. There should be a universe out there that Wanda was able to bend reality enough to bring her kids back. Why wouldn't she just go to that universe and figure out how to do it? You know, she could have used America to get to that universe, learn how to do it, come back, bam, do it. I don't even actually understand why she couldn't just do that again now. There's nothing that truly explains or puts a limit on the fact that she could bend reality outside of creating that bubble. She doesn't need to create the bubble. There's nothing that's, that has been dictated in these in this universe that she wouldn't have the power to just manifest the kids again out in the world. With the, her ability to bend reality like she's already done? There's nothing to dictate she couldn't do that. Or and then the, the or to dictate that that wouldn't have been her goal with the, with the whole witch book and shit. That was still a very viable option in this universe to just remanifest them. I understand they wanted to make her the villain in this, whatever. That's fine. But I think that there are better logical reasons or ways to do it that they've already set up as possible in this universe, based on what they've already shown us. And you could have done all that without, I don't know. They could have, like, she could have done that. And then Dr. Strange would be like, hey, you can't fuck with reality like that. That's a big deal. And she goes, nope, I'm doing it. And she's already got my kids back. And then that's what causes the discourse between her and, and the, everybody else. Is the fact that she can naturally bend reality when no one else can. And they're, they're like, no, there's ramifications and all this other stuff. You know, like they could have done that. You know, they could have thrown some multiverse shit into that. You know, like her jumping through the multiverse to hide from them or any of that shit. Like there's multiple things they could have done because they don't really set up. How the fuck does she know America Chavez exists? They don't even really establish that. How does she know that there's one person in the entire multiverse that can punch their way through the multiverse. How does she know that person exists if she can't travel the multiverse? Because that was before she did that whole dreamscaping thing. She hadn't done that yet. So how does she even know America Chavez exists? Because this movie establishes she is the only America Chavez in the multiverse. So how does she know? And then are we supposed to accept the fact that she has the power to create monsters in other dimensions or other universes? I should say not dimensions. Those are technically different things here. So she can create a monster in another multiverse. What was the plan that the monster would steal her powers and then use those powers to then come to her universe so, so that she could then steal those powers from that monster i guess 
Yeah. And like the only thing I can think of, because I, I thought about that too. The only thing I can think of is unless they were trying to say like there's some kind of spell she did where she was able to find out that there's a person who can travel the multiverse. Like unless that's what they were trying to insinuate with it. That's the only thing I can think of, you know. That's a really specific spell then. Hey, find this one person in all of existence. Hey, she was determined. She was determined to find those kids. Yeah, but I'm saying... <laughs> but no, I guess, how do you, I'm just saying like that... I'm just saying, how do you create that spell? Like, hey, just in case there's one person that could ever do this, here's the spell just in case it ever happens, maybe... I mean, yeah, it's definitely a stretch and I don't really know that that's what they were going with. I'm just trying to think of like you, like how, how would she have known that? Like, how would that have played out? You know? Yeah, that, that was a question I actually had because um, now some of that, that you were saying about her arc and everything, I do agree with. Um, A lot of it is similar, except that this time it was more, it's the dark hold magic book manipulation sort of manipulating her grief and her maybe taking measures that normal Wanda would not have taken. But of course she was being influenced by that book, which they established in WandaVision, you know, Agatha gave it to her, said blah, 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 blah it corrupts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We saw a Dr. Strange that was corrupted by the dark hold. So that wasn't necessarily my problem. But yeah, I didn't, it never did say, did the dark hold find it? Because like at the end of, and I was trying to think like, what did we see at the end of WandaVision? She was messing with the dark hold and you could hear the voices of her children, right? So, and they showed that when you, you can cast a certain spell with the dark hold and she could see herself in all these different universes, right? She could see herself in all these different universes interacting with these kids and stuff like that. So some of these universes she could see, it's just that she couldn't dream walk to get there yet, or maybe she hadn't quite learned that spell yet or whatever was happening. So I imagine, and at the beginning of the movie, we see Defender Strange protected America and stuff like that. So something had to have happened. You know, you know what I mean? So just logically, I'm thinking something must have happened to where if Strange, if this version of Dr. Strange knew about America and was trying to protect her from some demon that Scarlet Witch was sending after her, it's possible that maybe she did it through the dark hole. Maybe it was some sort of dark hold ability to see herself in different places and maybe it's this america had interacted in something that she could see maybe that's how she found out if strange knew who america was defender strange that gets killed or whatever the that just becomes the dead body in the movie if he knew about her and was protecting her then Maybe there was some sort of way she could see it with the dark hole. But you are right. It was never explained. That there was no explanation given. And I'm just trying to connect dots based on what she could do. But there was no explanation. And I kind of, I, I, I get what you're saying with that, Justin. But the whole her going through the multiverse and seeing that other stuff, that's when she was doing the whole green, dreamscaping stuff. 
That's how she chose which path to go to, to Dreamscape 2. So I, to me, I understood it as that was a part of dreamscaping, like looking through the multiverse and stuff, you know, because you have to know okay. which one you're going to. But like, I don't like now the end of WandaVision because her kids call out to her. Now the argument can be made. That was just that universe's kids calling to that universe's Wanda. But that's not how they play it out. And two, it just, it, it, it felt like it cheapened that. Like, I just don't, I don't understand that logic with that stuff. And I get what you're saying also, Jasmine, when you're like, well, she's being influenced by the dark hole. But at the same time, that to me is the same story arc as WandaVision because she was being manipulated by Agatha throughout the entirety of WandaVision. You know what I mean? So to me, that's why that's still the same argument, like the same story arc, because it's still being manipulated to do all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I still have a problem with it. You know? So it, it, it felt like they just kind of threw some of that together to justify some of that stuff. And I kind of feel like maybe some of these explanations we're looking for might be in the two hour, 40 minute version. Because there's 40 minutes that were not that they filmed. There was an actual cut of the movie, but then they did reshoots and cut so much out because of what they reshot that they got rid of 40 minutes. So there might be story arcs in here that explain that more. You know? Yeah, you could be right about that. And I guess I just had a different interpretation. See, I interpreted the the but the end of WandaVision as her being able to see these kids in these other universes. I, I just, you know, herself and these kids in these other universes, I thought that was her using the dark code, discovering that. And then later learning the dreamscape ability. But I felt like what they were getting at was the, the dreamscaping thing wasn't enough for her. Like she could pull her consciousness and be, and, spend time with these kids and stuff like that. She could see them with the dark hole, but that wasn't good enough. She wanted to physically be able to go there and physically be able to be with the kids, which is where America comes in. It's sort of how I yeah. interpreted it. Oh yeah. I get but that I mean, part. you could be right. Like all of it could be the dreamscape process, yeah. but I thought those were two different things. Well, and I, I get what you're saying, why she needs I, I get why she needs America. I get that part because she wants to physically take the kids and bring them into her universe. I, I, I 100% get that. It's just they're, they play very loose to with how she's able to know all this stuff because in, in, in Dr. Strange and I haven't seen it as many times as you, but I correlated when she's looking through the multiverse and seeing the little blob dimensions and shit like that. That was when she was like trying to dreamscape. That's when I remember that happening. I don't remember her looking through the multiverse before she attempts dreamscaping. You know? Well, remember when when she had uh, Wong and Strange and America cornered in the compound and she's explaining to them the reason why she needs America 
and she pulls like she pulls all these different visuals of her with her kids and stuff like that. And she's telling them, you know, I could see them. I could see them in these other universes. You know, I could just, you know, I could, you know, I could, I could hear them calling out to me. They exist in these other universes. Remember when she just pulled that as she was just explaining it to them? Like, see, in my head, I guess maybe that's why I thought it was something different. I thought that was just something she could do with the dark hole. And, and then dreamscaping is the process of transferring your consciousness. And that's fair. I think whenever I saw that scene, I was just looking at it as she was showing her memories from when she fucking created her kids. That's what I took it as when that scene happened. But you mm. uh, honestly, you, you could be absolutely right. You know, that that was her showing them things she was able to see through the dark hole from, from the multiverse. That's fair. But your point still stands that there was no concrete explanation given of how she found out about uh, America. That's true. And I'm trying to think, did America ever say anything? And I don't think she did. The only Doctor Strange she ever met before, you know, this one was the Defender one. You know what I mean? She said that that's the only one she'd met. That's the only other one she had met. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, I do find so, it weird no, that she's been I to seventy-two. Totally right. She's been to seventy-two universes, and there's no multiverse Spider-Man. We saw all those villains that knew who Peter Parker was in in No Way Home, and she's never met a Spider-Man or heard of a Spider-Man. Nothing. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something I thought of too. That just made no sense to me. Why wouldn't you simply have the joke be that she's been to universes with Spider-Man and make some reference that maybe implies that it's like the Tobey Maguire universe that she's been to, you know, like, oh yeah, Spider-Man, you have one here. I remember one where he's like the only superhero there and that J. Jonah Jameson really fucking hates that guy. And they're like, oh, the podcaster. She's like, no, the newspaper guy. That would have been cool. That makes more sense to me than her just going, nope, never heard of him. I really think right. it would have been cooler if she was like, you have a Spider-Man here? And then he'd be like, why do you say it that way? And she was like, I met a Spider-Pig, a Spider-Ham. Are you yeah. sure his name isn't Spider-Ham? Right. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. But, or just yeah. Or uh, the, Gwen, the Gwen Stacy, the, the Spider-Gwen. Yeah. You know? Something. Yeah, and that would have been cool, too. Oh, it, there's a man, there's a Spider-Man here? Are you sure it's not a female? You know, that would have been cool. There's lots of ways they could have handled that better, I think. Be like, yeah, Yeah. I've met a spider woman and a spider ham. I've never met a spider man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. That's a better joke. That's a better tie-in to me, especially (laughs) considering some of this movie is ramifications from Spider-Man's movie. With Doctor Strange. You know what I mean? Like, you've already... They're fucking already there. Just tie into it, pull into it, go with it. I hope there's a deleted scene somewhere where they do something better with that. I know that's slightly Didn't nitpicky. Did you like the America character? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying that's slightly nitpicky because it's it's meant to be just a joke moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's meant to be just yeah. a joke scene. But I'm like, I feel like they missed a better joke. I really, yeah. I really like your spider ham, Justin. 
you know, I really like your spider ham. Or she could have joked about going to a universe and it's like everything was black and white and Spider-Man was just so serious. You know, referring to that Spider-Man noir, you know. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen Wong and Strange react to their being a spider pig, a spider ham. Yes, I, I, I just think that would have been hilarious. Like infinitely the better look joke. that Strange and Wong would have gave each other like, you know, I just think that would have been hilarious. Like. Yeah. And he could have further been like, and Strange could have further been like, okay, you're bullshitting me. Prove that you're from the multiverse. And then we get the Defender Strange body. Bam. You yeah. know, that could have been how you segue. But anyway. No, I I just, I think that's better. Uh, as far as the, the, the character of America, she's fine. I mean, it was just a character is fine. Like, form it's good. It just is fine. You know, it was obvious that by the end of the movie, she was going to be able to control her powers. That's that's a tiresome fucking trope. Oh, I can't control my powers. Can't control my powers. All of a sudden, at the end of the movie, you can fucking control them. Of course you can. I think it would have been better if she still couldn't. Like, maybe she had a little bit better, you know what I mean? Like, she knew she could punch and do it, but have, like, zero control over where it goes still or something, you know what I mean? Still have that risk, have that, those aspects, instead of it just being... Nah, I could now punch my way to any fucking multiverse I want now. Out of nowhere, just. But that's that's a dumb little fucking movie trope with superheroes. We're never not going to end up getting that scene somewhere. They're going to do, do that forever. I also think it's interesting that, like, she makes a reference saying that I've only been able to, like, go to the different multiverses when I'm really scared. That's what she said, right? Like, I feel like there were moments in this movie when that would have been the case and she still didn't go there. So that was just something I was thinking of. I completely agree with that. Like, how many fucking, like, Wanda's fucking eyeball appearing in a puddle didn't scare you? You literally jump scared. That doesn't scare you enough? A fucking one-eyed tentacle monster is destroying half of New York to get to your ass. You're not scared enough to jump? But a bee did it, that's for sure. Yeah, but a bee scares you enough to fucking disappear your parents. Your moms are gone because of a bee. Yeah, but you're telling me a kid being scared of a bee, you can't correlate to a monster wanting to kill you as a young adult? That seems like that would track as being scary still. Or even being trapped in that little case when Wanda's coming. And she's like, oh, she's here. Like, that probably would have been terrifying, too, because she knows what Wanda can do at this point, you know? Yeah, but then she can't, she can only star punch her way out of the case instead of star punching to another universe. You're, right. you're witnessing and hearing explosions and death. And you're not scared enough to jump universes? Inconsistent as fuck. Yeah, I guess she needed a scare meter. We needed a meter that could tell us how scared she was. And I guess when it gets right. to the top, she can. Uh, At what level is it scared enough? Yeah. So we didn't have a meter. Maybe she needed to be wearing something like a monitor. Maybe if it was based on like a heartbeat or something where like you could see like she had a, like a, 
a Fitbit or something where you could see her heart rate and it's like, oh shit, it's going up. Uh, and then she starts lighting up, lighting up, lighting up, but then maybe something happens and she calms down. Maybe there was a better way Are to... Are you literally suggesting the plot point from The Incredible Hulk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, just wanted to be make sure you knew you were going, hey. Well, I'm saying for y'all, I was Hulk. cool with it, but I, I guess I'm saying for y'all, maybe y'all needed some sort of visual representation of her scaredness. Oh, dude, they could have made it merchandising. They could have given us a little Doctor Strange plastic bullshit watch thing that just starts really vibrating based on how scared she is. When she's only a little scared, it just kind of vibrates, but when she's super scared and gonna punch her way through a universe, it's just fucking, like, you know, giving fucking seizures to your wrist. (laughs) But no, I agree with Heather. Wildly inconsistent. Just wildly. Um, Heather, what are some more thoughts you had about this movie? Yeah, I think one of my, I think one of the better moments of the movie was also when, um, when Wanda is in the same universe as other Wanda with her kids at the end there where basically she's scared these kids and like I I just think that was a really great moment like that whole scene because you see her just that's where you kind of see the brokenness of Wanda and where she's at because she's like in her head she doesn't realize like what she's doing just to get what she wants at that point like she's so blinded by her her pain and her anger and focused on what she wants that like she's telling these kids like no I'm not a monster like I would never hurt anybody and then like the realization that you see that she gets as she's saying that of like oh I definitely have destroyed so many things because of this like I just I think that was a really great moment in the movie of her just having this realization of what she's actually done you know and I think that was a really um pivotal moment too just for her character in this um maybe still learning the same lesson she learned in the the show but it's still it was a very pivotal moment and a very raw moment that I enjoyed um just seeing like her her human side of like she's doing she is ridiculous in this movie Jess and I agree like everything she's doing is so just off the wall and like extreme but it's kind of like that moment where you see like why she's at that place, you know, like I'm just so sad and angry and I just want things to be better that I don't care what I have to do to get it. <laughs> kind of like the peacemaker idea of like whatever it takes for peace, you know, like it just kind of very much is her mindset in this. And um, I just think that was a really kind of beautiful moment to show in this in this film um i also did think it was really cool like um like what you were talking about sterling with like the music note fighting <laughs> i think that was a really cool scene like it, it it very much had potential to be like what are you doing like why is this a thing but just the way that they did that whole scene where it's like the music notes coming off the pages and like they're fighting in that way that was just really creative and i really thought that was a cool scene and even when Doctor Strange is, um, you know, dead Doctor Strange in, you know, he's in his own dead body. 
that like the whole persona that he takes on at that point, like with the the demons and the souls of the damned, like as his cape. Like I think that was just a really cool um creative imagery to show like I don't know, just the powerfulness of this still dead Doctor Strange, but even still with his cape. Like, I don't know, it was just a very cool imagery with like the the dead souls were his cape, you know, like it was just very cool. They, they did have some cool scenes in this, in this movie. And um, yeah, I just, I, I appreciate how they did that. And the horror elements that they did add were cool because I'm a fan of horror and I, I think they did do it well. Like, I don't feel like they overdid it just for the sake of doing like, we want everything horror, but it not making sense to anything like what they did with it made sense to the story they were telling. And I did appreciate that. Um, and I mean, even that being said, like going back to the whole scene when, when Wanda basically just destroys the Illuminati members, like I think that that from my understanding of Wanda, like that's kind of the, one of the first moments where you see like how powerful she really is as a superhero, as far as like, what she's actually capable of like you kind of get glimpses of it in end game you know when she's up against um thanos and i think sterling you had mentioned this in one of the ones where it's like she's one of the only people that would have actually been able to stand up against thanos for as long as she did and so i just feel like this movie really kind of like shows like man she seriously is so powerful and like showing how how her power is being used for terrible things like she's so powerful but her mindset is so off that like she's destroying everything and like imagine if she wasn't on the dark side so to speak what her powers could be doing in these universes and it was just a really cool way to show that and the fact that she just destroyed everybody in like five minutes time was surreal. And it was kind of cool though, because yeah, you're actually like, no, Wanda is actually a badass. Like she can actually just dominate everybody. And it's just kind of cool to, to see that, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. I think that it could be just me. Like I know, you know, they had the trailers for this movie and everything. I actually was surprised that Wanda was supposed to be the villain in this. I don't know if that was supposed to be set up better, but from my perspective, maybe it's just me. I wasn't fully aware that she was supposed to be the villain in this. Um, I honestly thought from what I saw that, you know, evil Dr. Strange was going to be the the main villain of this more so. Um, so it was an interesting surprise and I, but I like what they did with it. I just didn't know going into this movie that that's what they were going for. Um, and then I will say when he's face to face with his dark self, you know, um, the scenes were really cool when they did that, but I just feel like they should have used evil Dr. Strange a little bit more than they did. Um, cause the, the were good elements to that aspect of it. And like their interactions with each other was cool. I just kind of think that I, I, or maybe, I don't know if I should say they should have done more, but I expected they were going to do more with the dark side Doctor Strange in this. Um, another cool thing too, like I really do, I really enjoyed the scene when America is taking Doctor Strange through all of these different multiverses. 
like just kind of seeing the cool like transition of the scenery and like how they're drawn and everything like when they're in the different universes like at one point they're animated and one point they're just colors and it is just really that was a really cool scene to show like look at the infinite multiverses there are and like what they look like as you're going through them even for just a split second and I think that was a really cool way again like I said before to kind of introduce what is the what is what are the multiverses like what do they look like what is the you know it it was just kind of a cool way to to show like them traveling through it I don't know I just really liked the setup of that um but yeah I think there was something else oh I'm also curious too like because Dr. Strange somehow knew that Wanda had just made up these kids of hers in her mind because he's like, no, Wanda, you made them up when she's talking about like, I have to find my kids. And he's like, no, you, you, you created them. You made them up. How does he know that? Like, how does he know that that's what happened? I mean, is that just kind of public knowledge now that they know like Wanda went crazy and this is what she did when she went crazy because they don't really set up like how he knows for one, where she is or like what actually happened. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, that's just, I'm not sure. I just, um, that, that was just the question I had to, if, I don't know if that's just me, but does anybody else think that's weird that he kind of just knew that? Or was that not weird that he knew, oh yeah, you made up these kids when you went crazy. Like, <laughs> You know, because it's not like he was in any of WandaVision. So, I don't know. But. Well. um, Well. He is in WandaVision. They added it. Is he? Well, after we watched it. The end sequence when it's like going (laughs) to. Like that that little house. They Mm -hmm. added in a little floating Doctor Strange astral projection. Floating uh, to her. To talk to her. Oh. Mm. So maybe that's why. I mean, I in general have problems with how everybody knows everything in these universes. Like apparently the general public knows that Doctor Strange gave Thanos the time stone because he went through all the the possible timelines and was like, this is the only way. Apparently the general public knows that. Oh, yeah, because he's like, oh, was this the only way? Like the doctor that was making the reference to it. (laughs) You're right. How did they know that? That's a good point. I'm just flabbergasted with the amount of knowledge that people just constantly have in the MCU. (laughs) Everybody just knows everything at this point. Right. When it's like sometimes on their missions, it's like, oh, this is classified. Nobody knows about it. And then like after the fact, it's it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, yeah, that's fair. But, and that's nitpicky, obviously, like, that's not a big deal. It doesn't, you know, change any of the story and what they did with it. I just, it was just things where I was like, wait, how did he know that? Like, how did he know she made up these kids? You know, just kind of questions I had. But, um, yeah, I, I do, I do think that it's hard to say with Marvel these days, like, it's really hard to just say anything new about what you like about the Marvel films because you like them. You like the Marvel films for kind of the same reasons. Like they, they're the way that they tell stories, the characters they bring things like that. Like I just, I feel like 
the things that I liked about this movie is because it's like, of course, like Marvel's good at these aspects of these movies. And that's why I liked it. So it's just kind of hard to specify because it's really just the, the things that they do awesomely in all the other movies is what I liked about this one, but just with an added horror element to it. You know what I mean? So, and I think that's what made it fun for me because again, like I enjoy horror movies and like having that brought into it. It was a very, very, very toned down version, I guess you could say of kind of like a suicide squad thing where they brought in like a bunch of the gore and horror stuff for that, the suicide squad movie that they redid kind of like that you know it reminded me of that with like the kind of more at the beginning when like the the eyeball falls to the ground in the middle of the city and this huge monster in the midst of everything like that's kind of the vibe I got from it at the beginning of it um but yeah it's and I really did kind of it did throw me off that Professor X got killed so quickly like not necessarily that he got killed but just I mean, they made such a huge, he was, it was a huge deal that like he came up in this movie. And while he was definitely killed in one of the cooler ways that they showed, (laughs) I just really didn't expect that he was going to die so quickly like that, like everybody else did, just because of him being able to get into your mind and things like that. I thought he was going to actually be the one person that kind of did stand up against her because of that aspect. Um, but, you know, and, and I just, you know, I, I like the line that he said in the movie uh, when he's talking to Dr. Strange about like, you know, just because we've lost our way doesn't mean we, you know, can't find our way back or something to that effect is what he said to Dr. Strange. And I really liked that line of dialogue because you could tell that Dr. Strange's struggle throughout this is the whole thing of like, what if I'm just bad in all universes? What if I'm not actually a good person? Like, what if I'm going to make these same mistakes and I'm going to mess everything up because I'm just like all of the other multiverse Dr. Strange's. And you just, I think hearing that from professor X was sort of, I, I think that's what he needed to hear to, to know that he did have the capability of doing the right thing. And I I liked that story arc for Doctor Strange in this um, because it's all about, you know, even Rachel McAdams' character is always like, you know, you always have to be the one in charge and in control and all these things. And just kind of him being painted as this guy that is just going to make mistakes because he's selfish. And um, so everything he tried to do in this movie was him proving that he he wasn't that person. And I thought that was a really cool thing that they did with this too. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much different to say kind of than what we've already sort of talked about with it, but those were just a couple of added things for me that stood out. Justin, what about you? Cool, cool. And yeah, um, to I guess I'll start with just a little bit about the America character. Um, I, I like the character overall. I think that because of the character's power and abilities, I can see her being important in later movies. You know, that that's the thing about it too. Because she has such a unique power and that ability to be able to travel, that, you know, you feel like that is going to be important later. And that's going to somehow um, come into play later. Also, 
the fact that at the end of the movie, she was training with Wong and everything like that and kind of learning how to be like a, a sorcerer, mastering sorcery and stuff like that. And I, and all I could think about in that moment when I saw her training and everything with, with Wong and them, um, I was thinking about Shang-Chi and, and like that ending scene where Wong comes and he gets them and he goes, hey, Shang-Chi and yeah. Aquafina, come with me. There's going to be something important. So I, I could know, totally I they were see this, be in this fun movie. scenario where America is with Shang-Chi and Aquafina and Wong. And I just think that would be hilarious. I hope that they do that. I would love It'd to see dynamic. those characters interact and go through the multiverse and stuff like that. Marvel, I know you're listening to this because you listen to everything. So, and surely <laughs> Cinema Slash is your favorite podcast, especially right, right, right. because of Sterling's opinions of the movies. So, yeah. you already <laughs> if got they it listen set up. to this shit, I'm going to be super pissed because they don't fucking change a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you've already got the ingredients. That would be a fun group of characters to do something with. So. I really hope that that happens. And I like the fact the and I like the progressive stuff of the character too. I like that she had two moms. You know what I mean? I thought that that was cool. You know, like you know, I want to see more stuff like that. Just diverse characters with diverse situations and stuff like that. Why not? You know, I I thought that that was cool too. So, um so so I'm not gonna I, I like lie. the American I actually... character. I actually really expected that something with Shang-Chi was going to come up in this movie. I don't know if that was just me, but I think because of how much uh, Wong was in this and like his connection with the Shang-Chi characters, I really thought they were going to show up at some point in this movie. Um, I'm glad they didn't because Wanda probably <laughs> would have killed them. So True. <laughs> I'm yeah, glad yeah. that uh, that didn't happen because man, Wanda, which is my next subject, Man, Wanda was like, you could definitely tell the influence of the dark hole manipulation because it's one thing to kind of create this big bubble and be manipulating people with reality bending and stuff like that all in this town. And basically you're tricking people. But man, this was something else entirely going to all of these lanes you know, it, it just felt like to me, she found out that, oh, there are actual, you know, yes, I made these children over here in WandaVision and everything like that. I kind of created this, but I could see this character, you know, especially with the dark hole manipulation and her, her finding out that in these other multiverses, those kids actually exist. Like they weren't something that I made with my magic and stuff like that, that there are, there's, there are places where I actually physically had kids and raised them and stuff like that. I, I, I could see with the dark hole manipulating her, her being like, I need to get me some of that, you know, a chance to be a mom without the, reality bending manipulation part of it you know a chance to just physically be with these kids that actually physically exist i could see that being something of appeal for this character and then you couple that with the dark hole manipulation kind of manipulating her logic and her thoughts and how to do this so i rolled with it man 
I guess if you strip it down to its bare bones, you can say, yes, it's the same thing. But it just felt a lot different to me. Her actions felt a lot different in this to me. I mean, she was wrecking shop in this man. She was killing other superheroes. She was just like off the deep end of this. And I'm with you, Heather. I thought that it was it was a complete surprise to me that she was the villain in this. I didn't know that. I thought that we were going to be, you know, uh, battling and and meeting different Dr. Stranges. And I totally thought that evil Dr. Strange, especially after seeing what if I was in your camp with that, I thought that's who the villain was going to be. It was going to be this whole story about Dr. Strange, if he makes all these bad decisions and that's why he's the ultimate threat, this, that, and the other. But that moment when she says America's name and Dr. Strange realizes, wait, I never gave you the name of this kid or anything like that. And then she goes, you know, I've never really been good at the whole lying part of this. And then all of a sudden she's like, I need that kid now. And if you don't, the Scarlet Witch is coming to get her. I was like, we're fighting Wanda. Like I was so surprised. I was like, Oh shit. We're fighting Wanda in this. This is, this is a Doctor Strange versus Scarlet Witch movie. Uh, they, 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 dude, that that's really cool. Like, so yeah. that's why in some aspects of this, I can see why there are people that are like, this is my favorite one. Because there are just things that they did in this that they haven't really, you, you know, that's a matchup we haven't seen. That That's like something that you think about. Maybe it's happened a few times in the comments, but you just never thought that that would maybe happen here. And this whole movie was kind of, that was the movie. So that was a pleasant surprise to me. I thought that that was very cool. Um, And Wanda was like a damn slasher villain. She was like the damn Terminator in this movie with them being like, Wanda is coming. We got to get the hell out of here. So there was this whole like real chase element to it where they're trying to get away from her and when she's there she's volatile and dangerous and nobody can stop her and there's this whole unstoppable aspect to her and I really think it made for a really good change of pace movie from like the other Marvel movies that we've seen and so that's why in a lot of ways even though narratively I didn't love everything about this this is one of the more unique movies that they've done, just as far as taking this character and th- that's not normally in this position and then putting them against this other character and be- and creating this kind of we've got to get away from this all-powerful being type of scenario. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so I just thought that it was cool. And so when they, so when they have all these ho- horror elements in there, it really works with just how scary, powerful Wanda is. I think that she was the right character for this kind of story. And that's why a lot of those elements work. And you talked about like um, the Doctor Strange arc in this. And that was probably the thing that I appreciated most about this. Like, and you know, this is something that we talked about before in Loki. And I still feel that I'm right about it. If Marvel continues, regardless of what the story is, regardless of these comic book knickknacks, regardless of the scenario um, and whether or not you like the cameos or how important they are or how less important they are, 
despite how much they explain the multiverse in this movie versus this series, this, that, and the other, despite any inconsistencies Kevin Feige might stay, say in an interview, there is one thing that will remain consistent about these movies. If you have compelling character arcs, if you have compelling character development, the movie is going to win, or the series in this case, is going to win more than it's going to lose. And I think that this is a perfect example of that. I didn't get all of the explanation of the multiverse I needed to get. I didn't quite understand how Wanda knew about America. I didn't understand those aspects. But when it came to the characters, they just they they just do shit right when it comes to these character arcs. Doctor Strange going through the multiverse, you know, starting off with Christine saying, you always got to have the knife in your hand. You always got to be in control. You always got to feel like you are the one who has to control the situation, manipulate the situation, because you think that it's always got to come down to your decision. And him traveling through the multiverse, seeing all these versions of himself, not getting it right doing the wrong thing, trying to manipulate the multiverse, trying to take America's powers because they thought that that was the only way, trying to, um, you know, questioning if he is just like these other Dr. Stranges. Oh, damn, this one didn't get with Christine either. Damn, this one died and the Illuminati had to make up this whole political story because of everything that he did to almost destroy the universe. This one is living, this one is living in an incursion <laughs> with a, a barren wasteland of these mixed universes with nobody around. And he's just living in this tower all by himself, clutching this dark hole, which has completely corrupted him, corrupted him. Damn, could I wind up being that guy? You know, like I loved how the multiverse was used as a tool to kind of show Dr. Strange what he could potentially become, his mistakes, what, what the character will continue to do in any universe if he doesn't change. And then by the time it got to the end, the whole thing with America worked for me because he finally, like, let go of the knife, right? Like, after this whole experience, he finally made that change that a character needs to make. And I feel like that's something that Marvel just always continues to do well. The comic book knickknacks don't always go well, don't, aren't always explained the best. The, 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 the storyline from this, that, and the other, yes, there are always going to be things that they could explain better, do better, this, that, and the other. But I'm telling you, man, if they continue to tell these compelling character stories, these movies are always going to win more than they lose. And this is just another perfect example of that. You know, say what you want about the cameos, this, that, and the other, but they nailed it with the characters. You know, Wanda being in control of the dark hole, her scaring her kids like that and her seeing those kids terrified of her was just about the only thing that was going to get her to kind of break free from the dark hole. You know what I'm saying? It had to be that. That was the only thing. Plenty of characters had pleaded with her. She had killed hella characters in this movie. 
that to me was like the only thing that was probably going to get her to stop. Right. Like, you know, if a decision had to be made on how are we going to get this character to kind of see that she's lost her way, how is she going to get from underneath this book? I think that was like the perfect thing was seeing the looks on those kids faces, terrified of her calling her a witch. No, we want our real mom from this universe, not you. You are a witch. You are terrified. I love how that broke her. And that came off as something believable. So even though, yes, you can argue, okay, this is similar to what happened before, I think because of the acting of Olsen and the gravity of the scene and how they were able to paint that, it felt a little heavier than what I saw before in WandaVision. It 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 felt to me um, a little more powerful than what I saw there. It felt like something that would have needed to happen to get her to realize um, exactly what she was doing. So I liked all of that too. And I think really with this, that's ultimately what I walked away from. I liked the horror elements. I liked the dynamic of this being Wanda versus Strange. I liked the introduction of a new character. I think that could be fun in later entries. I like the little Easter eggs and tidbits that they give about the possibilities of the multiverse. But ultimately, I like that the multiverse was used to develop a character. I like that it was used to help the story arc of Doctor Strange. And I think as long as Marvel continues to do that, these things are going to succeed more than they fail. The moment that they they lose sight of the characters and they're not telling those compelling arcs and they're not doing those things, then I'll be all scorched earth, all, all hope is lost, this, that, and the other. But that is the one consistency with all of these things I've seen in this phase, whether it's Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, everything like that, the character arcs are always usually very strong. You know, they are, and they remain strong. So that makes me feel like this stuff will succeed, regardless of what we get. You may not like all the comic elements, but the character elements have to be strong in order for this stuff to succeed. And ultimately, this movie does because of that, in my opinion. Are you trying to say that I'm all scorched earth? (laughs) Kind of, sort (laughs) of. I think you would say that about yourself with this, with Marvel. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like I'm scorched earth. I feel like I just don't accept their bullshit. Um, (laughs) With some of that stuff, though, uh, I don't know. I kind of knew Wanda was going to be the villain. Like, I don't know. Maybe I read more shit than you guys do. Like, it didn't surprise me. I'm just saying, like, you know, I. Maybe the things I follow and the things, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't surprise me. The Wanda ended up being the villain in this. Um, although I there was another trope in this movie that's just an annoying trope to me. When. When the villain or whatever feels like they're doing stuff for noble reasons, like for her, she was just trying to get her children. It was a noble reason to her. 
And they always get to that point, though, when they're at the cusp of getting it. But what they're after, the person they're after or whatever, looks at them and is like, no, you're a monster. And they're like, oh, no, I am a monster. Or they say the thing of, oh, I'm not hurting anybody. I would never hurt anybody. After you watch them murder 50,000 people, like, there's always that weird trope of that. And it's kind of annoying. You know what? There, That is a trope sometimes, but I don't know why, for some reason, with the Wanda character, I felt like that fit for this because I guess maybe kind of what you said, Jason, like that kind of was going to be the only thing to snap her out of it. <laughs> but I do agree that in general, that is a big trope, but I don't know why I didn't hate it in this one as much as I would in other things. That's fair. That's kind of what tropes do. They either annoy you or don't like you. You know what I mean? Like, if they don't annoy you, then it's kind of a nice, familiar thing. If, you know, if they do annoy you, then, you know, you're going to not like that part of it. I mean, that's just the the risk-reward of using tropes in movies. Yeah, and I think I think it's because, in general, like, I find the character of Wanda very relatable in some ways. Like, and I just feel like... How many people have you killed to find the children you made up? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I just feel like it, it's kind of that, that thing of like, you, you don't actually see the situation for what it is when you're in the situation. And I, I do appreciate that they kind of, that was her way of being like, man, I needed somebody to tell me what it was that I was going to listen to. And I feel like I've been there before, you know, where it's like, you don't see the gravity of your choices that you're making or you don't see the gravity of like oh this is as bad as it is like you don't see that when you're the one stuck in the middle of it but once there's somebody from the outside that just says that one thing that kind of just snaps you out of it you know what I mean I feel like that's a very relatable thing and I think that's why that trope here did not bug me but again to your point yes that is a trope that people do a lot yeah, it's definitely a trope, but I think you just like it or dislike it based on how believable you feel the character is in the trope, I guess, and the performance that they give and everything like that. Like, I I think, you know, the, the you know, when I looked at it, it was just kind of like, okay, it's a very believable human thing to repeat mistakes, you know? I think I think in a perfect world, we like to say, okay, we as humans learn lessons and, you know, we learn a lesson and then we move on and then we never make that mistake again. But let's just be honest. That's bullshit. Like yeah. <laughs> how many times you're not you're not you, perfect straight away. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you heard people say, you know what? I've been dating the same kind of guy or gal for 20 years and that's why I have six divorces or that's why relationships never work because I continue to go after the same person, the same traits, something like that. And I never, and it took 20 years for me to learn the lesson that I was just repeating the same mistakes. How many times do your people say I was running from my past? I'm so stuck on something that happened to me earlier in my life. I'm so stuck on something that um, occurred earlier in my life. 
it is affecting me now 15, 20 years later. You know, I, I think in a perfect world, we can say people learn, but I mean, but obviously at the end of WandaVision, she was still searching for her kids somehow, somewhere, trying to get them. You know what I mean? Um, Any way that she could. So yes, there was the lesson learned of sort of that I shouldn't manipulate people and stuff like that. But the moment she found out there was a chance to have some kids without some manipulate, without some reality bending, oh, I can go here and they really exist. I, I just think that that character, th- this is just a case of a character so I- in love with the fact that she could have some of that, that the the fact, the, the idea that this family I made up could, could be real in some way sounds like something that this character would go after. And at the end, when she says, I would never hurt you, kids. You know, I, I'm, I'm your mother. I would never hurt you. The reason why it worked for me, she didn't say, you got to watch the wording there. She didn't say I wouldn't hurt anybody. She didn't say that at all. She hurt plenty of people in this movie, killed them. But what she said was, I would never hurt you, kids. I would never hurt you. But she did hurt them. You know, I thought, she, I thought saw she that. said, I thought she said after that, like, I would never hurt you guys. I would never hurt anybody. I thought she said that. Maybe she I might have said I, both. Yeah, because I could have sworn she said yeah. I would never hurt anybody. And that's and I that's heard kind I would of, never hurt you like the kids in particular. You know, I'm your first. mother. I would never yeah. hurt you. I would never hurt you. And I guess that's why it worked for me, because. When she saw how terrified they were and they were crying and everything, the realization she did hurt them. She did. Yeah. You know, you you didn't physically hurt them, but you did. You scarred them emotionally. You you did hurt them, you know, by by them physically seeing what you did and then seeing their mother <laughs> almost not to oblivion. You did hurt them. And I, and I think that's why it wound up working for me in that scenario. Yes, it's it's totally a trope, but I think it's a credit to Olsen, man. She just she she just knows how to act, man. She Good, yeah. that woman can act, and and she was just kind of acting her ass off in that moment. Uh, there were a lot of great moments with her in this movie too, like whenever she tells Strange. Even what I'm about to do now is me being reasonable. Like, like when she's, I, I didn't do it the way she did it, but like when she's reciting those lines and the look in her eyes and everything like that, like she she just really did a great job capturing that in this character. So even though, yes, it has some similar beats as WandaVision, I was just along for the ride again. I think largely because of her performance. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I know one trope I did like in this movie, because I like how they twisted it a little bit, was when Doctor Strange and Wanda are talking when he goes to get her help. And, you know, she's talking, and Doctor Strange starts looking at her like, what did you just say? And then she goes, you figured it out. Or like, uh, you never said her name, did you? Or you never said America Chavez, did you? Like, I liked that scene 
I like that it's a twist on that trope because the trope typically is that they say the name and they just keep talking. And then like the detective person's like, man, this bad person doesn't realize how dumb they are. And I'm the smart detective. <laughs> and, you know, I caught them. I like the fact that they kind of showed that she is also very smart because she's just talking. And then she's like, just more or less sees the look in his face. And she's like, I fucked up. He knows it. I know it. <laughs> yeah. He knows I know it. I know he knows it. So I might as well cop to this now and even right. say how it happened. Like, you're not smarter than me. Like, I know how I fucked up, too. I just realized it after I did it. You know, I like that they changed it up a little yeah, bit and fair. showed that. Like, I, I, I like that they, you know, just kind of played with it a little bit. Because it is tiresome that every time something like that happens, that, you know, the detective's like, oh, that stupid bad guy. I got him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another thing that I found problematic. Okay, the memory, on uh, the memories on the street machine. Um. Okay, on one end, it was a cool way to kind of show America's origin story without her you know I always say show me don't tell me so I do appreciate that I was shown her origin with how she first used her powers by accident the beast thing blah 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 her parents and stuff like that and you know maybe there's even a cool kind of little story later where she's going through universes trying to find her moms you know that that could totally happen too but so you walk you step on this thing and it says, your most cherished memories in the blink of an eye or whatever, you know. Um, and so it shows you those memories. And everybody walking down the street can just see what <laughs> your what super you're personal memories. Yeah. Like, like, everyone can see it. I can just Tell walk me up. your deepest so, trauma. <laughs> yeah. What if? What if it was that time? What if I was thinking about my first awkward time having sex? Would everybody just be able to walk down the street? So you just see, see what's going on? Yeah. Or some That's weird true. bad memory about like you're masturbating and you get caught by your mom. So like if it's your memory, <laughs> say it's a guy and it's your memory, you're going to be looking at your kid dick. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So is your kid dick just going to be for everybody to see? Do you get arrested for <laughs> child porn? Because it's kid dick? Right. <laughs> so many, so many complex things with this. You're right. I didn't even I, think about that, though. But I do love how everybody, I guess, in that universe is just so used to it. They just walk the fuck by. They're just like, oh, they're looking at memories. Yeah. This little girl yeah. is remembering getting her her mother's sucked out of the universe and people walk by like, ugh, tired of seeing people's memories. Maybe that's how yeah. Doctor Strange and people know other people's Marvel secrets. In this universe, they just see them displayed everywhere. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. That, that's probably the only saving grace I'll get it is that perhaps this universe is so used to it. Oh, look, she's remembering the time she was a stripper. Oh, look, He's remembering the time he had an affair with <laughs> with some other woman other than his wife. Oh, those memory lanes are just so much fun, aren't they? And they just walk on, I guess. That's just 
the norm here. But then wouldn't guess, it be weird if somebody is stopping and looking at it? They'd be like, who, who the fuck does that anymore? Like, <laughs> wouldn't that get them yeah. caught? Like, is it one of those things like, like, like if you see like a mom breastfeeding and there's somebody there like staring at them and you may go, Hey, don't, don't do that. Don't freaking just look at them. That's kind of good. Don't stare at them like that. That's creepy, man. Don't do that. Is this the same right. way? Like if I'm, if, if somebody's walking by and they're looking and they're having their stripper memory and everything, you know, their magic mic memory or whatever, and, and people stop and look at it. Would there be somebody to walk by and go, hey, come on, man. It's a memory. What are right. you doing? I would argue no, because why the fuck <laughs> are you memory viewing out on the street? <laughs> See, they should have done yeah, that. And concept. that's what I wonder, too. Like, shouldn't there be settings to this? Like, like a phone? Like, should it say the following memory <laughs> we are about to show is. Uh, not suitable for <laughs> everyone. Like they, they, I don't know everyone on the street. Do you want us to play this one or move to the next one? Like I feel like there should have been something there. To also, why wouldn't Doctor Strange also think about his car wreck? Like right, the Seriously, thing that ultimately yeah. changed his life more than anything. Like I yeah. feel like I feel like they should have done it more, sort of in a way of like um like confessional booths <laughs> like just have those out and like you can do it there where it's still private to you but you could still see your memory like i feel like that would have worked better in this scenario well yeah in practicality that's how you would do it you would go in the store right. and you'd be in your own private room and you could watch your memories with nobody watching you but then you couldn't have dr strange seeing her memories right. is why and i get what you're saying Justin, with the whole show don't tell but you still could have had I don't know, her and Doctor Strange sitting down eating pizza balls and her talking about it. And while she's talking about it, you see it. You're seeing it. Yeah, you could have totally just done it that way. So I you do know. appreciate the creativity of them trying to like not do it in such a familiar way that we see all the time. But yeah, that was a little problematic to me. I was like, uh, but everybody, everybody can just... Walk by and see your shit. That's like an introvert's Weird. nightmare. Like <laughs> you get to see something personal about me. How dare you? But yeah. then also with that, like, why would you just like, you know, like, yeah, it surprised him and that's why he did it. But then like, why would she stand there and go, you know what? I want to watch my mom's die again. Also. Yeah. Cause she's clearly <laughs> done it before. Like, why would you want to see it again? But then also, with all that, now that I think about it, the point of view is all wrong. Why isn't the memory from first person? I was totally about to say that. It should have been from first person. It's a memory. Because it's your memory. Yeah. It would be you seeing them. And and that's a, a, another trope in movies that they do all the time. Anytime there's a memory, it's third person, and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I understand if it's a memory, but they're just doing the third person for flashback purposes, you know. But this specific machine is like, hey, this is your memory. Watch your memory. It should never be third person. Yeah. If it's your memory, if it is specifically your memory. Now, dreams a little different. 
you know, I've had dreams. Yeah. Where, where you see yourself. I've been a third person. Yeah, where I see where you see yourself. Well, Justin, but, that was you in another universe. That wasn't an actual dream. <laughs> you were dream walking. <laughs> Man, then I'm doing I've been doing some crazy stuff in some in some universes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, you're totally right though. Should have been in first person. And that's a common trope that that's a common miss in a lot of movies, actually. And the scene probably would have been cooler in first person because you would have saw the star, you would have saw the bee and her go, ah, you know, and then you would have saw the star open up and then the moms go flying uh, into the, into the, um, another multiverse or whatever. And then you would have seen her like uncontrollably falling and wind up somewhere and looking around like, oh shit, where am I? It would have been an awesome scene in first person, actually. You know? Yeah. Hers would have been awesome. Anyway. Doctor Strange's would have been boring. <laughs> um, one last thing, and I promise this is it for me. Uh, I also didn't like how quick, like, and I know Heather brought this up. I didn't like how quick the whole Doctor Strange fight was with Doctor Strange. Shouldn't they have been a little bit more evenly matched? Like, I know, especially because the evil Doctor Strange has the Darkhold and has been influenced by it and all that shit. Shouldn't there have been? It just should have been a more evenly matched fight. It should have been, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of just... Struggle. Yeah, it was going and going and going and then just, you know, normal Doctor Strange was like, yep, I'm the good guy, so I dominate. Like, I was like, okay, okay. Like, I guess, but I just felt like it should have been more. You know what I mean? Like, it should have been a little bit more evenly matched because it's literally you're fighting yourself. Why didn't they go to the mirror dimension and do all kinds of raw shit? Like, why didn't that happen, dude? Like, why wasn't there like this crazy mirror dimension fight with, you know, one strange looks over and he's 50 and then the other one is 50 foot tall. Then he shoots and manipulates something and you find out that was just his reflection in something he was manipulating. So he bursts that and then the guy comes back to regular size and he could have thrown him into a wall and he appears up here somewhere. You, you could have had the most ridiculous mirror universe fight. You could have had a ridiculous fight in there, but yeah, unfortunately we didn't do that. But I agree with y'all. I like the music stuff. I thought that it was cool, like taking something on paper and weaponizing it in a way, you know? And then whenever he he strummed the harp and weaponized the sound... I thought that that was kind of badass. Like, I mean, I really appreciated that because it's it was different than anything. Every other fucking Doctor Strange fight is orange magic grid shit, and they're fighting with it, you know? And it's, it's yeah. just that over and over again. So I like seeing something different, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. When that fight started, I was like, what the fuck is this? But by the time it played out, I was like, okay, I liked it. It was different. 
Well, like when it first started, I was like, ew, no. But I liked it after it was all said and done. I was like, okay, that's, it's something new. I'll give it that. I have not seen anything like that. Cool. You know? So. You guys got any more thoughts about this Doctor Strange 2 in the multiverse of the Mountains of Madness? I'm good. I'm good. Did you guys see that Avatar 2 trailer? Are you stoked about Avatar 2? I gotta say, I came in at the very tail end of that, so I did not see the whole trailer. Well, they have officially released it online, so if you didn't see it, you now can. Um, Okay. They did that today. Uh, But, Jastin, what about you? How'd you feel about that Avatar 2 trailer? Was it the way of the water? The way of the water, man. Yeah. The way of the water. Go with the flow. Did, Bro. did it look any different to you than the first Avatar? Because it didn't to me. I mean, granted, it's been like 10 or 12 years since I've seen anything Avatar. But it looked no different. I was just like, okay, it looks like Avatar. Why do we have to wait this yeah, long I mean, to look like Avatar? Maybe graphically. I, I mean, obviously, graphically, it's going to look superior but to some stuff 10 years ago. But, I mean, I don't know, man. Like... I haven't seen that movie in so long. I damn near forgot what even happened in that movie. Like, I just remember, like, minor details. Just go watch Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's go watch is. Dances yeah. with Wolves. Yeah. Go watch uh, any number of any other movies, and you'll remember what happens in Avatar, because it's the same damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back and watch it in order to watch this so we can review it. But I don't know. I don't see it having the same success as the other one, because a lot of that was predicated on the fact that it was like the resurgence of 3d for that moment. You know, I I think that was the biggest selling point. I will boycott life. If they try to push 3d again, because of this movie, what if they do though? It's they're they're going to because they're going to be like oh my god you have to see this in 3D IMAX 920 bullshit whatever I, fuck all that fuck all of it I will never watch a 3D movie again I don't give a damn if it, I will never do it again never I watched Speaking too many of- back then and it was never worth it never like when you first saw Avatar okay I get it then. But then if you ever watched Avatar again, you're like, okay, I didn't need it in 3D. You didn't need to watch any of the other movies you may have watched in 3D because of Avatar. None of them mattered. None of it mattered that it was in 3D. And I will never do it again. I refuse. Yeah. Speaking of, I accidentally saw Doctor Strange 2 in uh, 3D. (laughs) I didn't realize I bought my ticket for a 3D movie. But um, it made that music fight scene look extra cool, though. I'll say that much. You know what? I'm going to go on the limb and say, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make the most of it because it was not intentional that I saw it in 3D. Oh, I would have left. I got to find the silver lining. I would have left. Like the second they went, oh, here's your 3D glasses. I would have been like, what is this? And they're like, your tickets for a 3D movie. I would have gone. No, it's not. And they would have been like, what do you mean? And be like, well, I just obviously fucking canceled that ticket because I'm not watching it. 
I thought about it for a minute, but then I was like, it's such a good timing to see it. I I, honestly, even if it was like a movie like Dr. Strange and I couldn't get like, cause like I said, I have my seat and I couldn't get my seat in another showing. I would have been like, all right, seeing it on a different day. I just wouldn't have done it. No, man. But, but it just makes me wonder like, how well is this avatar going to really do? And it's so far removed. Like, what is the interest going to be? You know? You know? I, I mean, that story is going to have to be really good. Uh, it's going to have to really just be a great, yeah, magnificent it. story for it to make anywhere near what it made. Do you before. think it's actually going to be an original story? I don't think so. I'm the game I'm probably going to be playing during Avatar 2 is what movie did this rip off? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more accurate. <laughs> I saw the first one and I'm like, well, they ripped this movie the fuck off. Which one is this ripping off? Because yeah. I, I don't think James Cameron can at this point. I think he can just make pretty looking other movies. <laughs> just take someone else's story and make it look pretty. <laughs> but this I mean this movie might end up doing well because they might end up doing like they did with the first Avatar and release it nine times that's the bullshit about it being again the highest grossing movie of all time they released it so many times and they mm-hmm. they specifically yeah. target China too they target China so hard like the, they like after Endgame beat it they re-released it in China just to get more view because they knew people in China would go watch it. Yeah. I mean, and the first one came out, what, 2008, nine, something like that. Fuck if I don't remember. Because part of me is just kind of like, so maybe you were like 10 years old when you saw that movie and now you're going to be 20, 21. And you're just like, I don't remember that movie from when I was 10 years old. Like, the thing is, is, like, I think those are going to be the only people that are excited. I don't think anybody really? that saw Avatar as an adult is going to give a fuck. Yeah, the Maybe movie theater true. I was in, they didn't really have a reaction. I may have heard one or two people go, Avatar. But it wasn't like, Avatar! Oh, Avatar! It wasn't like that. It was just like, it's Avatar. <laughs> and that's it didn't sound like Mario when they like, said it like you just did. <laughs> that's probably a microcosm for just the country <laughs> when it's, they saw that preview. I think it's it's thirteen years removed, and I guarantee yeah. you, at some point when we get the next trailer, they're gonna say something like thirteen years in the making." I'm like, "Oh, don't set yourself up for failure like that." Right? Just don't. Yeah, please don't. You know. The only movie that that worked for was Boyhood because it was intentional that they did it that way, like to have the same people throughout the life of the person in the movie. But no, I agree. Like, don't play that game. The Josh Hartnett movie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, Josh Hartnett's first directing um, credit. Josh Hartnett didn't direct the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. No, he didn't. I thought it was Richard Linkletter. I thought it was Ethan Hawke. I'm sorry, Josh Hartnett. I thought it was Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Boyhood was directed by 
Richard Linkletter. Yeah. Interesting. Booyah. I really, I really thought he had something to do with like the making of this movie. Maybe he just produced it or something. I don't know. Either way, never mind. But in either case, yeah, like that makes sense because like I, I thought that was kind of a cool original type of thing to do in making a movie when it's like we want it to be the same actor like we want this boy to actually be growing up and have that as this movie and keep the same actor as the same character but yeah if you do stuff like 13 years in the making like you're really selling it up when and that was my problem with the original avatar was like i just never cared about watching it because of how much they hyped it up like they hyped it up from the beginning for me so much that I was like, I don't, I don't really want to. It seems like a lot of effort to go see this movie at this point <laughs> because of just how much they hype it up. And I just never was interested in it. Like it never seemed to me like something that was like, this is going to be an amazing story. This is going to be an amazing movie. You know, it just got very, I feel like it was overrated before it even came out. You know, I I really liked Avatar and thought it was a really beautifully shot movie and groundbreaking in that way until I saw it on HBO, not in 3D. And then I was like, oh, the movie still looks fine. So all that extra mm. bullshit of 3D and this and that and all this other stuff just didn't matter. I was like, it still looks fine on HBO, so... It was just overhyped bullshit because it was the first time. I mean, it brought 3D back, you know, it was the first time doing 3D without the blue and uh, red lenses and all that shit. So, like, I get it, but. Anyway. Anything else you guys want to talk about on this like nine year long episode? (laughs) I'm good. No. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Twitter or Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers podcast, or Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers, or TikTok, where we're Cinema Slayers pod, or YouTube, where you can search for us for a Cinema Slayers podcast. Uh, check all that out. Just a couple ish uh, episodes away from Moon Knight when we go live on video, not live, live, but like face video. So get ready for that like this is episode 198 i think we are almost there yeah this is episode 198 so episode 200 getting that moon night getting our faces even though i kind of spoiled some of my feelings about moon night in this one just get ready for more oh that's gonna be such a tough episode for people to listen to because it's just gonna be me fucking railing on about marvel shit again Two weeks after just doing it. Oh, my God. Anyway. um, But, yeah, uh, give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends. And most of all, uh, do you tell mothers about this one? Because this one has, like, a lot of mother deaths. A lot of mothers die in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was the ultimate Mother's Day movie. It's the ultimate Mother's Day. <laughs> Wanda dying. America's mom's dying. They just killing mothers. I'm, 
It had Maria Rambo, which would imply there's a Monica Rambo, which means mother dying there. <laughs> Father so dying too. So many moms be dying. So maybe don't tell your mother about this one. Unless you don't like your mother and you want her to think of you think she should die. Then it's fair, I suppose. So if you want your mother to die, tell her to watch Doctor Strange too. <laughs> That's a way to sell the movie. Yeah. Is that not the most sterling way to sell this movie? Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, I was about to say that is so sterling. Um. Also, yeah, like we 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 have gotten some YouTube comments. Don't come on our YouTube comments saying some bullshit. I'm gonna call you out on it. Don't fuck around like that. I don't have time for that <laughs> shit. Don't listen to our fucking Secrets of Dumbledore episode and want to rail on about how we need to save the franchise so Johnny Depp might come back. Like that's gonna be my argument to go. Oh, you're right. I now like this mediocre shit fest of a movie. Okay. <laughs> and then start saying fucking slurs. Fuck off. If you think that's going to make me fucking accept your point of view. <laughs> Don't come to our realm of shit saying that type of stuff. And then also, like I said, throwing in slurs and expect it to like do a damn thing. <laughs> I'm going to have to read some of this. This sounds entertaining. There's only four comments, but the guy keeps trying to come at me. And I'm like, no, we're not playing this game. <laughs> and then he stopped. So this guy was obviously a guy going around YouTube, just searching secrets of Dumbledore and wanting to put his, you know, I love Johnny Depp bullshit on every secrets of Dumbledore video. That's, that's what he was doing. You know, it was interesting because it was hard to tell if he cared more about the Fantastic Beast franchise or if he cared more about like the Johnny Depp situation. He was very not sure on that. It seemed like. Yeah, his stance was watch this movie so Johnny Depp can come back, not watch this movie because it's good. No, no, no. Because it's not. Anyway. Um. You know, as I in this uh, the podcast, uh, as I in the TikToks, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight was a thing on uh, Disney Plus, and it's a uh, Best Picture winner. <laughs> it's so weird to say that now that we've witnessed all of Disney Plus's Moon Knight, it's now actually out in the whole universe. Nobody knows anything but you. Christine, I love you in every universe. And all I could think was, is Christine, while smiling, must have been thinking. But I reject you in every universe. (laughs) It's such a weird line for him to say in the movie when his comic book wife shows up in the mid-credit sequence. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I did want to say one thing, and I will throw it here. When Heather, when you were talking about how you really loved it going through the spectrum of the multiverse as, as America and him traveled through it, um, I would have thought the same thing if I hadn't seen everywhere or everything everywhere all at once. If I if I hadn't seen that, I probably would have thought that was great. I think they okay. did it better in the other movie. 
Hmm, okay. So that kind of like tainted my, you know, like of some of the multiverse yeah. stuff they did in it. Cause I think they do an infinitely better job in that movie of multiverse stuff. So, Oh yeah, that was, that was a much better movie than this. Just overall pound for pound. Yeah. That was a better movie than this. So what I'm really saying, Heather's fucking watch that movie. I know I need to do that. I get maybe you didn't want to watch Sonic 2, but fucking watch that movie. Damn it. I will. It was a busy weekend that weekend, but I will watch it. Mm-hmm. There's been tons of weekends since. All busy. All busy weekends. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I'm out. <laughs>